Welcome back to the Cover Zero podcast. It is the second installment of our 2023 divisional round previews. Kicking it off tonight with the AFC North. Can't wait to get into this one. This is a really stacked division. Gentlemen, I'm joined by tonight. First, starting with Jay. How are you, my brother? I'm doing great, bro. I'm doing great. I can't wait to get to this division. You know, I think this is going to be an interesting one right here, man. This is one of the tougher divisions in the AFC, I think, you know. So, yeah, I can't wait to get to it. Absolutely. The man who has allegiance to one specific squad in this division, Ravens general himself. Henry, how are you, bro? Doing well. Always an exciting time to talk about the division with my my family plays in. So, uh, yeah. Said his family. Ready to get it going. His bloodline is going to be competing in the division. That's what he said. You heard him first. Last but not least, Corday. How you doing, bro? I'm doing good, man. Happy to be here. Absolutely. And I'm your host tonight, J-Rob. We're going to start, as we usually do, working from quote-unquote worst to first. But this division, last year, a couple of notes on it as a whole. This is the only division that went 3-3 three and three versus each other in 2022. Every single team came out of this division when they played against each other at 500. No other division did that last year. Safe to say that they beat up on each other. And when they went outside of this division and they played a team outside of this division, every team in this division had a winning record. Only one other division could say that within the AFC. I will unveil that when we get there. But of course, going to kick it off with the Browns, who last year went 7-10, and 10, came in at fourth. They were 4-4 four and four at home, 3-6 and six on the road. And after a Thursday night win against Pittsburgh, 29-17, the team was 2-1. and one. Some optimism started. And then they lost the next six of their seven games on the, on the slate. And really, I'm going to start with you on this one, Henry, because you are the person who resides mostly looking closely at the AFC North. The Browns, last place, but was this a team that is still capable or was still capable last season, I would say, of upsetting some good ones? Uh, yeah, I, absolutely. You know, Browns Browns are a tough team, man. Uh, you know, we, we see them. They got a tough running game over there. Uh, we already know about the probably got one of the best pass rushes uh, in in football with Miles Garrett. So to answer the questions, absolutely. Yeah, the Browns uh, can be a, a scary team. You know, I hate to admit it, but, you know, I'm going to be a realist about it. Uh, Sean Watson got a full offseason this year because, you know, wasn't able to come in for the suspension. Uh, from last season, so we'll see how he uh, how he how he looks now with a full offseason under his belt. But yeah, Browns can definitely uh, be something this year. And uh, but you know that AFC, we're gonna see. Definitely gonna see. Definitely gonna see. A look to the staff this year: Andrew Barry in his fourth year as the GM for the Browns. Kevin Stefanski also in his fourth fourth year as the head coach, along with Alex Van Pelt, the offensive coordinator. Bill Callahan. A man who has found himself a home as one of, if not the best, offensive line coaches in the league. We can all say what we want about him as a anything else outside of an offensive line coach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, he, is, he has found himself a job there and doing really well. Stump Mitchell in his fifth year as the running back coach. 23rd year coaching running backs into the NFL. Newly acquired defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz returns to being able to call defenses in his first season with the team. Cordell, I want to slide this one over to you first because his most recent stint calling defenses was for your Eagles. What is your sum summation of him as a coordinator? 
he's a really good uh, coordinator, especially like uh, for young head coaches. That's why I believe like he was with the Eagles. Um, but sometimes the schemes can get old. Sometimes he, he, I feel like he's under the Jeff Fisher mantra of old, where physical play to the echo of the whistle. And but that wide nine is what's best for the D line leg, especially if you got good defensive ends. Like they're really gonna be able to eat in the system. So Miles Garrett, who I believe had like 16 sacks last last year, mm-hmm. will probably have even more opportunities to rush the passer and get one on one matchups uh, against like tackles or against like a running back and stuff. And then um, one of the additions they had and uh, Zadarius Smith will also be able to <clears throat> be utilized at the edge to get get up the field and <clears throat> bring more of a just overall thump to this defense. Uh, but you need good. Good corners and safeties to hold up for this defense because they play a lot of zone, a lot of mixed in man and things like that. So that's the most important. Where in order for my linemen to get out there, my 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 pass rush guys to get out of the need good safeties and coverage behind it. Otherwise, you're going up top because you don't yeah. blitz. Anything. It's just like sit back, four man front, and our our guys up front got to eat. Get yep. So swing to the other side of the ball. As I'd mentioned, Kevin Stefanski in his fourth year since he has been there has landed himself a coach of the year job. Jay, what's your summation on him as a coach? Man, that's a great, I'm, I'm glad you asked me that question because the way I feel about it, man, I actually got a question for y'all after I'm done talking about him, but I feel like he's a solid coach. I feel like he's a solid coach. Henry brought up a good point as far as the run game. That's where he's, that's where he's his, his best. You know, when he's utilizing a run game, when he's got that, the, the he's got the offensive line playing well, you know, he's got everybody blocking well, you know, they're going to do good things. They're going to win some games off that. But now it's time to see what you can do past that now. Now you've got the quarterback over there that now, like Henry said, got a full offseason. Can you now elevate the offense with the passing game? And that's what I really want to see because if you look at his record, you know, 2020, 11-5, which was impressive. But then he starts to dip down. You know, 2021, you went 8-9. and nine, And then last year, 7-10, and 10, you kind of give him a pass off that because of, like Henry mentioned with the Deshaun Watson, the suspension and everything. They just had a lot going on last year, so you, you kind of give them a little pass with that. But this team is ready to go now. They got the ta- – they Deshaun had the full offseason. They got the weapons. They got our boy over there, Elijah Moore, you know, and and they – Corday brought up points with the with Miles uh, Garrett over there and, and now the new defensive coordinator over there, which I think is perfect. I think that's a perfect match because – Yeah, I like it too. You know what I'm saying? Because they have the players to get after the quarterback. So you know he's not going to blitz. He's not going to have to blitz because he's got the players over there to get after the quarterback. And they got a stud in the DT and, and Dalvin Thomason. So I, this comes up to Kevin Stefanski. I like him. I feel like he has the pieces. And I'm wondering now, and this was the question I was going to ask you guys, is if they don't at least have a winning record, will he be fired or be on the hot seat. I think he'll definitely be on the hot seat, but do you think he'll be fired? If if he's not fired, do you think he'll be on the hot seat after next year? After this my, answer, my answer is fired. Fired, yeah. Because you got to understand, that, that that money that they gave Watson. He's not going nowhere. That's, that's what I'm saying. He's not so, going nowhere. So if they don't, I would say this, if they don't make the playoffs, yeah, I think I think they'll probably move, be time for move on, especially because, you know, Everybody looked at the Browns as like the, the, the clown organization of the NFL. Mm-hmm. The only dumb team to give a quarterback a full that much money fully guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm going to say, yeah, because like I said, you can't get rid of him. 
Right. So who, who who's always the next one to go? It's gonna be the, the head coach. It's gonna be the head coach, and I agree. Right. That's 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 why I don't know how you guys feel, but I Jordan and Corday, but I feel the same way. I won't say that. Only why I say not the playoffs is because of how hard the division is and how yeah. hard the conference is, the AFC. So that's the only reason yeah. why. But I say if, if he don't at least have a winning record, at least nine wins. Yeah. You know, I I think I, I think I think he's out of here. I mean, you could be looking at this team. So we'll get to our win totals, of course, with how loaded the AFC is. And we're going to talk about this at nauseum throughout these throughout these previews with how loaded the AFC is. There could be a team with 10 wins looking at the playoffs from their couch. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. And if he is there, definitely the hot seat. But I don't think you could fire him because I think more so than maybe let's say it's 10 wins. Mm-hmm. But let's say the offense starts to really develop in the passing game because right, we all know the right, run game and right. what they can do there. Right. But my questions have been at least rewatching this team and thinking about this this team for this year. Is Kevin Stefanski the right coach for Deshaun Watson to return to the form as a quarterback? Because, yeah, it's it's I love his run game and I'm gonna wax poetic about that when we get there. But we all know this passing league. And especially in the AFC, if you can't throw it, if you can't really convert third downs through the air and be a threat like that, then you will be on the outside looking in no matter what. So. Mm Yeah, I would say I would say hot seat definitely if if they aren't in the playoffs or at least like a competitive team. But I want to see a jump from the passing game most first and foremost this year from him for them to retain him going forward next season. Yeah, for for me, I was the same. I was saying that like if the offense is doing well, but the defense is regressing or too many injuries along the defense, I feel like that'll be a way for him to uh, stay because like we said this AFC is loaded. But the, if the offense is doing real well, Deshaun Watson's looking good, but the defense is like has a ton of injuries on that side, it'll be a reason for him to stay because the offense was, was there, but the defense let him down. I think it's the only way. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to watch. I think this is an interesting team to watch this year from all these other factors. Yeah. Uh, speaking of being on the outside looking in, we'll move to the losses and the guys that aren't currently there right now that were previously. Starting with Deion Jones, he is now a free agent. How the mighty have fallen. Linebacker Deion Jones, previously with the Falcons, he is now out there for free. They chose not to extend him, along with the safety John Johnson. Jadavian Clowney is still a free agent, still time to sign him. Likely with those three guys, if they are signed, it's closer to the end of training camp on one team, wherever it might be that they go. Same thing applies for Kareem Hunt. Taven Bryant was a defensive tackle that went to Indianapolis. Jacoby Brissett now goes over to Washington. Farrell Brown, a tight end, over to Indy. And then on the defensive side, though, when we look at the ads and we look at even on the offensive side, that's really where this team really did pay some dividends. So Darius Smith coming over from Minnesota, Dalvin Tomlinson, as you mentioned, Jay, coming over from Minnesota as well. The guy that I kind of think is a really unsung or at least not talked about acquisition is is uh, Okoronkwo, the edge from the, from the Texans. Mm-hmm. I didn't spend enough time watching that guy last year, and I fired up the All-22 this last week. I love him as a third, fourth-ish add-on edge rusher for this unit. Jay, you mentioned Elijah Moore coming over from the Jets. Rodney McLeod, a safety from the Colts, is also there. Juan Thornhill, safety from the Chiefs. Very, very underrated player, also comes in. Henry, when we look at these additions and we look at these losses, I I don't know about you, man, but me, I think the losses heavily, heavily don't even compare to the ads. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. But I do want to say this. I do think a big loss, for them, I think it's Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. Yeah. Watson factor. Yeah, Watson has an injury history. Two ACLs, you know what I'm saying? So what if he goes down again? Because Jacoby Brissett, like I said, he ain't going to get you over 
you know, over, over the top or whatever. But he, I think he's a great, great game manager with that run game. So, but yeah, you brought up a lot of great points. Zadarius Smith, I ain't gonna lie, pissed off that he, you know they made that trade, but good for him or good for them, I should say. Uh, Elijah Moore, we were all we thought he would be a stud over there for, for for the Jets, but you know got a little disgruntled, got traded out of there, so that's another good pickup for them. So, uh, but yeah, they absolutely the the, the move that the additions way outgained the subtraction. Yeah, one hundred percent, absolutely. Same question to slide it over to you, Corday. Which one? of the signings is the most important in your eyes? I think uh, Thomas, David Thomason, especially yeah. from uh, Minnesota, because if you look, um, like last year they had Clowney, they had uh, they had the main guy, uh, just a uh, freak of nature out there, but the defensive tackle was always something. Like, their run game was really lacking, and, like, they never really addressed, like, the deep yeah. tackle position. Yeah. They either, like, had somebody they, or... The, they, <laughs> they tried. <laughs> they tried. They never... <laughs> They never. Do. They didn't. They didn't, honestly. They didn't really have a nose tackle. You know what I mean. Yeah. And now yeah. they got two. But keep going, Corday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it was just like the people who they tried to get wasn't cutting it. That's right, what I was trying right, to say. Right, right. I was like, because I remember they had Sheldon, uh, Sheldon Richardson years ago, and then last year they tried with some few people, and it was just no, this ain't working at all. Yeah. Uh, and Miles Garrett is over there by himself, and like, and Clowney, who's a good run defender, leaves more to be desired when rushing the passer, but they just kept running up the middle, and I'm just like, okay, Tomlinson definitely will stop that and be able to, uh, especially in this, like, black and blue division with Pittsburgh, with uh, the Ravens, and uh, Bengals, who all like to run the ball, and if you can't stop the run, then sh- we just about to run all over you, especially when we get a lead. So I think that's the biggest uh, acquisition. And also Jim Schwartz as the defensive coordinator. I like that a lot, too. That's that's a big one. And Zadarius Smith, because, like we said before, Clowney didn't give you much. But Darius Smith I always felt like it's a great pass rusher, and he's usually like the number one guy. I feel like he's getting up there in age and been bouncing around. This is like with his fourth team, but being on the opposite side of Garrett and being on the Schwartz, definitely I think he can give like a great pass rush now that he's older, being the second guy who still could be like a number one on some teams. Mm-hmm. Mm, definitely. Other acquisitions that they made, the draft. Jay, what is your assessment on this class? You know what, man? I didn't really care for the draft too much, but going back to where Corday was at with the defensive tackle, they did draft a guy named Siaki, and I might be butchering his Siaki name right. Ika. Ika out of Baylor, man. You know, but this is this is my thing with them, because they also drafted Danny Shelton, if you yeah. guys remember. Out of Washington, yeah. I remember him. Out of Washington, yeah, and he's a, he's similar. He's similar. He's one of those. He's a space eater. He, he has good power. You know, he's not going to really, you know, really – uh, you know, like do spin moves or anything like that, you know, but he definitely can eat up a lot of space. He definitely take up uh, double teams here and there. So I, I, I think that it's a, it's a solid pickup. It's a cool pickup. And that's my point though. I really wish that they really kind of went, went in the different direction when it comes down to defense attack. I see what they were trying to do, but I feel like if they would have went with somebody more athletic, somebody that's more explosive, you know, um, to really address that position, to me, it would have made a little bit more sense. I do like the pick, but it's kind of similar to their last picks, you know, that they picked up, you know, pre- in previous years and whatnot in the draft. And then, obviously, you know, their pick in round five, DTR, man, Darian. I think that Darian Thomas Robinson, Thompson Robinson. I really like that pick, man, because like yeah, Henry brought up. Yeah, you know, he brought up Deshaun Watson. We talked about Jacoby Brissett being gone. That is a big loss. Veteran QB knows the system you know, um, reliable, uh, and he can win you a couple games, you know. Um, but I like this I, I like this pickup 
to address it because he's more of, and DTR is who I'm referring to, he's more of a Deshaun Watson style type of quarterback. You know what I'm saying? So if they're going to have Deshaun Watson there, if he's healthy and he plays throughout all these years and whatnot, you know, if it really, you know, if it comes to fruition the way they want it to, they're going to have a guy that's going to be learning right under, you know, a guy that they're going to be, be picking up, you know, uh, how to play, how to, you know, how to use his mechanics, basically, because that's one thing he needs to work on. He needs to work on his, his mechanics. And Watson wasn't perfect when he came out. I mean, he was a lot better than DTR when he came out of college, but yeah. they're similar, you know, so it's a lot of things he can pick up and he can learn from his game. So those are the two picks that I really, really like out of the draft. Outside of that, like, you know, they didn't get a, their first pick, I think, was the round three. You know, yeah, they, Cedric. They took Cedric Tillman out of Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah, Bro, that, do you know how many receivers they are going to have? In, that's what like, I'm saying. I, that, that's why I don't really. That's why I didn't. I don't really care for that pick. I, I really, you know, they could have went. They could have went defensive tackle in that in, with with yeah. with that pick. You know what I'm saying? So that that's that's my only thing. With I, I wish they kind of would have, you know, did things a little bit differently. But I do like those couple picks that they did pick. The ones that I mentioned and whatnot. But, yeah, that's awesome. I love I love the Siaki Ika pick. I really do. I think to me, it's that pick was for Corday had mentioned it. That pick was specifically for the run defense. And when I was looking at that roster prior to them signing signing Dalvin Tomlinson, as I mentioned, they only had dudes that were like you know penetrating, you know guys that were meant for like interior pass rushing, which is great, which is awesome. We are all about trenches, pass rushing, and all that stuff here on this show. But if you are getting hammered up the middle. Right. Give me a dude who can like really be like, nah, this three yards right here, this is mine. You ain't gonna push me off the ball. Right. And then when you add Dalvin Tomlinson to that, you know, that's that's why I really like the Siaki Ika pick. I think I think the Cedric Tillman one, he was like my sixth, seventh receiver on it. I think with that one, they were just kind of like they had a grade on him that was probably definitely higher than what we, than what <laughs> we, what we had. Oh, wait, he's here. Oh, well. We didn't plan on getting a receiver, but he's here. So, right, yeah, right. that, that's, that was my assumption with that one. Um, and maybe, you know, after this season, he supplants Donovan Peoples-Jones as that other dude on the outside across from Omari while they got Elijah Moore in the slot. So that was just kind of something I was thinking about there with that one. But, yeah, I mean, it was it, it could have been it could have been a lot worse, really, for the Browns right there, especially considering they didn't have a first pick until, until the third round. Sliding it to you, Henry, right now, your opinion on how this team is going to do in 2023. Coming in last. I got it. I got it. <laughs> I'm your conscience. Like, <laughs> I got them winning seven games, y'all. I got them winning seven games. I got them, just like alluded to, I got them going last in the division. Bro, if you call me, look, look, man, I mentioned, I mentioned it before, man. Y'all know what to do. Don't call me Joe. They don't know me by that name, man. So when y'all get to call me by that name, they not going to know me by that name. You know what I'm saying? That's When y'all see me on Twitter and Facebook, that ain't my name. They're going to be like, Who, who's this? You know what I'm saying? Who's this poster? He ain't bro, me. you ducking He's the pole. He's a He called me by my government name. Stop yeah, it. Yeah, damn. You know what I'm saying? Nah, but yeah. go ahead, dog. Yeah, yeah I, got the, I got the Browns going last in the division. Uh... And that's the only reason, like, for example, if they're in the NFC, I'll have them with a better record. But just how tough this AFC is, and especially just how tough this division is, I don't think they're better than the Steelers, uh, Bengals, or the Ravens. Um, so, yeah, I got them winning seven games and just 
like what he said about the, the coach, I think that this seven games will get their head coach fired and they'll be looking for a new head coach this offseason. Sticking with you, Henry, to elaborate a little bit more, what are your expectations for Deshaun Watson this year? I think he's going to be better because, like I said, full offseason, full offseason with the team. He wasn't able to, you know, going back to last year, wasn't able to be uh, with the team. So, of course, that's, you know, a lot of a lot of football is having that, that that chemistry with your teammates, and he wasn't able to do that. You know, wasn't able to be at the facility, wasn't able to do none of those type of things. So, having a full offseason, I do think he will be better. But just as an overall team, I have him still winning seven games. Okay. Seven games it is. Corday, same question to you. Win total. And how did they get there? Uh, didn't they win eight last year? You only got to win seven. They went no, they seven. Won seven. I don't think they did seven last year. Seven and ten. They won seven last year. I got. I got to win a nine. I got to win a nine. I think uh, Vegas quickly has them at nine and a half. Okay. Well, Over right. under. Right under. <laughs> I just. I got them at nine. I think Deshaun Watts going to bounce back and play actually pretty well. And um. But this division is super tough, though. That's the thing about it. So I'm just like, all right, where, you know, will you get, like, division wins and stuff like that? But I think Deshaun Watson is going to bounce back. But I still feel like they're at, like, third or fourth in the division right now. And it's still like, okay, so how are you going to make up the slack? And what what really is it going to do? And, like, they added some pieces, but nothing was like really like, okay, yeah, Brown's going to be serious this year, you know? So I'm really going to lean a lot on Deshaun Watson bouncing back, which I think he will. So it'll be super interesting, but this division is still super tough. So I'm just going with nine for right now. Okay. Jay? I'm right in between, man. Just give me give me eight. I got them at eight wins. I, I feel like, and my main reason why is because Deshaun Watson, I really do feel is going to be a lot better this year than he was last year. Um, he was bad yeah. last year. He was terrible, man. He was terrible. But I, But, I mean – I mean, you know, he had everything, you know, the whole situation going on. Right, yeah. He's been out of football for a year. That's another thing. Like, not only did he miss – yeah, damn near two years. Damn near two years. Um, So, yeah, I mean, he missed a lot of football. He's still one of those dudes out there as far as the football when it comes down to playing the game. And now he he, he has a talent. He got Amari Cooper. You know, he got Elijah Moore, who I felt like didn't get a fair chance over there with the Jets. I know it didn't go right, but they didn't have a quarterback over there. You know, so – I, I like that add-on. And their offensive line is great. And they got a great running game. So I, I do think that uh, the passing game will be better. And uh, he's going to be better. So I got them at eight wins. But I like what you said, Jordan, real quick. Because I'm kind of I'm kind of going back on, on my word a little bit. Because I said that if they didn't have a winning record, that Kevin Stefanski would probably be fired. But I like what you said about the passing game. If the passing game is better, if they improve on that, then they probably would end up keeping him. At least that's what I think you were alluding to when you were Yeah, no, for like, yeah, like if, yeah, exactly. Keep going. So he has a losing, they have, if it goes that way, me and Henry's way, and they they have a losing record, but the passing game is a lot better, then I think he will come back. He will, he will be back next season and he'll be on the hot seat. That's what I think. Yeah. So I'm going to say he stays because I do agree with you with the passing. Yeah. For me, uh, starting on the defensive side of the ball, this defense has some dudes, man. It, it, they really do. We all know Miles Garrett is elite. I think Zadarius Smith, Denzel Ward, and JOK are top 10-ish at their position, if not solidified top 10. 
then Juan Thornhill, Greg Newsom, and Dalvin Tomlinson are all underrated at their position. And that's even before you look at Martin Emerson, the undrafted corner for them, who played very, very well. He ended up being seventh among all corners in forced incompletion rate last year. And the one thing that I feel like that has been missing from this defense is all of these guys playing like their name all within the same play or the same time or the same week. Like it seems like the highs and the lows seem to clash. And since football is the most team oriented game on the planet, this defense just wasn't being able to gel at the same time. And I think Jim Schwartz fixes that. And how does it look? I mean, Corday, you alluded to it, to it as well. A lot of wide fronts. And I mentioned this on, on, in the chat, I was like, imagine like, Miles Garrett and Okronkwo, an edge rusher that I really like from, from the Texans who came over as their wide nines. Zadarius Smith in at the three technique next to Dalvin Tomlinson, and then you can walk up one of the linebackers if you want. And then you start throwing twists in there. Before Jim Schwartz came over, came back to be a defensive play caller like he is this year, he was with the Titans the last two seasons, I want to say. The Titans were one of the teams that was the heaviest in terms of the amount of simulated pressure and the amount of quarters coverage that they were deploying. Two things that Jim Schwartz never really dabbled in as a coordinator. I wonder what he took from them to be able to add to his repertoire to maximize this defense this year. And that's really something that I'm going to be paying attention to. And if he can add those things, get a lot out of his guys like he always has, I think this defense could take a leap. It could. Whether or not it all gels, we'll have to go wait and see. But I think it could do that. Corday, you had mentioned Miles Garrett last year, 16 sacks in 2022. The person who had the second most sacks on this defense last year was Jordan Elliott. He had two. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, he's trash. He's weak. <laughs> One two. of the guys he drafted. One of the guys they drafted ain't did shit. Right. He had two. I'll own up to it. I remember when we were doing uh, our 2020 uh, picks. I like Jordan Elliott coming out of the Big 12. I, that's a miss for me. That's a miss. It happens. That's a miss we indeed. All... It happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. If 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 you do it like we do, you're gonna miss. It's right. just the way. It's it's a matter of math. You know what I mean? Right. But so you look at that type of different like pass rush distribution. Basically, the plan for protecting the quarterback playing against the Browns was just double team Miles Garrett. Simple, yep. right? And you'll be all right. And most teams were. And when you run the ball, you don't really got a lot to worry about. I don't think that's going to be the same now with who they added and considering the coordinator as well, who they added. So Darius Smith last year had 10 sacks. Oboe had five and Dalvin had two and a half. They just added 17 and a half sacks, you know, from last season to this group. That's three guys in their edge rotation now between Z and Garrett and Okronkro who have a PFF pass, grade, pass rush grade in the top 13. No other team can say that. We're about to see an improvement from this defense as Anthony Walker is the one who gets the green dot. I want to see if JOK takes it from him as the season goes along. Offensively, I mean, you guys know my affinity for Nick Chubb and mm -hmm. the, the, the marquee I have on, on the wall of him being the best pure runner in the NFL. Joel Batonio, Wyatt Taylor, best guard combo in the NFL. I talked last week about how uh, Minnesota has the best, one of the best tackle combos. This is for sure, to me, the best guard combo in the NFL. And we've seen how Stefanski can deploy those guys as weapons. But like you said, Jay, like, you know, what I had said earlier as well, the passing game is what really defines this team. Deshaun Watson's big, big time throw rate last year was half, half the big time throw rate of Zach Wilson. 
and Nathan Peterman. Like, this got to change. And is the receiving core going to be enough to do that with the addition of Elijah Moore? We're going to have to see. Uh, for me, uh, where do I fall win-wise? I think those improvements on defense do help a lot of things, and I think Kevin Stefanski is a good enough head coach to be able to, to make that jump. I've got him at, let me go eight wins. Let me go eight, eight to nine, kind of in that range, with the solid number being, being eight wins, just simply because AFC is tough, bro. It's not, it's not a cakewalk. So, yeah, all of us kind of falling, all of us falling below that Vegas line of nine and a half. Moving it on to the Steelers. Steelers in 2022 went nine and eight, third in the division, 500 at home, and five and four on the road. They beat Cincy on the road in week one and had Joe Burrow straight flummoxed. And then they lost six of their next seven games. But they closed out the season four and one. Swing it to you, Corday. Uh, what were your thoughts on this team in 2022? Interesting. Uh, I remember going into it um, a lot of hype about Mitchell Trubisky, which I never believed in and I didn't still believe in. So I was like, man, they keep talking about this dude who's going to get benched soon for Kenny Pickett. Um, I thought this it was going to be the first year that Mike Tomlin had a losing season and he stays not having one. And I'm just like, man, this dude is ridiculous good. Uh, George Pickens emerging. Uh, him and Pickens started really having like developing um developing chemistry in Pickens, and they always just find a receiver in the second round. They're just always like, okay, well, we got another Pittsburgh great wide receiver. I'm just like, whoever drafts for their receivers and develops them, they are shout us to be in the Hall of Fame because they just stay bringing in amazing, fantastic receivers that they know how to pick and choose them. Um, it really showed um uh. This offense really grew. The line wasn't that great, and then the loss of um of uh, T.J. Watt for a good portion of time didn't help that defense either. Uh, but they was able to get him back late in the season, and then still show that this still is a team to be uh, dealt with. And then they picked up some stuff in the offseason too. So I really want to see the second year of Kenny Pickett and how much will he grow this year compared to last. Same question to you, Henry. Uh, uh, the Ravens and the Steelers, we all know what that rivalry is. Was was this team, how, like, what was what was your sense if you were to take their temperature in 2022? You know, it's funny. You know, you know before the season, I, I just like what Corday, you know, alluded to, I, I thought that they weren't going to make the playoffs as well. Oh, I'm sorry, not make the playoffs. Not have a winning record as well. But once again, Mike Tomlin pulls it off again. But that just shows just the, the great coach that, you know, that they have over there. Of course, you know, that's the Ravens robbery, you know. But I'm going to just give the kudos where the kudos is, is deserved to be at because he is the great coach. But um, there's a lot of expectation for Kenny Pickett. Of course, he didn't start the season. Had Mitch Trubisky start the season. He showed some things. But, of course, you know, once he makes one mistake, you know, that, that crowd going to want to see that, that rookie come in. So, you know, he came in, showed – Show a little promise, show some, you know, good throws in there. Uh, so for, for their 2022 season outlook, they did over-exceed my expectation of what I thought they would be. But I honestly should have known, known how great coach they have over there. But going into this year, uh, Kenny Pickett going into his second year, they, they did pick up a good tackle in the draft. So it's going to be interesting to see how they do this year. Yeah, it for sure is. Mike Tomlin has been there since 2007. 
Omar Khan, the GM, has been there since 2001, but this is his second year as the GM specifically. Mike Tomlin, I mean, we talked about how good of a coach he is. The man's never had a losing record in 16 seasons. He led the team to 10 playoff runs, seven division titles, three AFC championship games, two Super Bowls, and a ring. And because I, like the two of you who just previously <laughs> said, I also picked them to have him have a losing record again. And in doing so, I lost a bet to Jay. <laughs> I, knew that was, I knew it was coming up. I knew it was coming up. I got to be honest, man. I ain't, ain't going to lie. I ain't going to pull no punches. Um, but so we all know what Mike Tomlin is. We all know that. My questions come down to the coordinators. And I'm going to start it with you, Jay. Carol Austin, Matt Canada. Yay or nay? Matt Canada, nay. <laughs> I'm with you. Know, you. Um, I'm with you. But I, you know, and I, I will say they added a, they added Glenn Thomas, who has worked with QBs in the past on the coaching staff. Um, I think if he can really, because I think Kenny Pickett did some good things last year. I, I really do. I, I like one thing that when I was watching his tape and and breaking him down, I noticed that during his as he, you know, because obviously he didn't play the full season. Obviously Mitchell. He was a sorry QB, you know, started for whatever reason. I think really because of him being a veteran, you know, and him knowing offense, you know, whatever. Yeah, but and you he, also can't, like, start Kenny and then pull Kenny. And then like, pull him, right, you know right. I mean, Mike knows that, so, yeah, keep going. Yeah, smart. It was a smart move by him. But when he came in, struggled a couple weeks, few weeks, whatever. But then as it started to progress and he started to get a little bit more comfortable in the offense, you can tell that his confidence got better. He was able to read off defenders. At times, you know, he was able to, you know, there was times where when the design like and this is why I'm talking about Matt Canada mm -hmm. his play calling. Sometimes, you know, he would have wide receivers doing certain things that just wouldn't really make sense. Um, and Kenny Pickett, you will see him kind of going the opposite direction, like he will do something totally different, you know, and try to make something out of nothing, you know. So that that's one thing that I noticed is how he, he has pretty good IQ. And I feel like it can grow with having somebody that's worked with QBs like Glenn Thomas. And they can get on the same page, him and, and Matt Canada, and maybe he has a chance this year. But to answer your question on him, I would say I would, I would say not. Nah, nah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you 100%, bro. I mean, I have never – the thing with me that stands out a lot is that Matt Canada, Matt Canada just seems to have his offense. He doesn't seem to do anything specific to the talent he has. Right. And that's a sign of a coach that's just pretty much, you know, either his ego's too big or he's unaware of both. Right. So, yeah, I'm with you on that one. Only other uh, coach, Daryl Austin in his second year as a defensive coordinator. I um, like Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. You, you like him? I do. I do. I, I want to see him get – I want to see him get another chance. I want to see him, okay. which he will, which he will. Um. It, it it's kind of going to be a little. I'm not going to say unfair. They lost a couple pieces of well, Cameron Sutton. They lost him, which I think was a big loss. You know, uh, so I, I don't want to you know go too deep into it. You know, I know you was breaking it down, but I, I want to see him. I want to see what he does this year. Basically, I want to see what he does this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we we'll get more into that when we talk about like our expectations for the year. But you, I, I I'm with you on that one. I kind of yeah. Let let me see more. Um, definitely, I have a more definitive stance like you on um, Matt Canada. Right. Uh, only other person on the staff. I'm glad you brought up the QB coach. That's a good mention indeed. You know who their inside linebacker coach is this year? Aaron Curry. 
Oh, linebacker. Oh, that's right. Oh, oh, that's right. Yep. The past linebacker. Yep. That played for yep. us for a little bit. He played for us, yeah, played for the Raiders for a little bit. First year in his role with the team, spent the last four seasons in Seattle just learning as a defensive assistant. So I, I think that's a really, really good add considering, you know, just the, the you know, the, the track record of what his career has been as a college player and now into being a coach. I'm going to kind of want to pay attention to that because if we were to look at the losses, this team lost Miles Jack in free agency. He's still a free agent out there right now. No team has signed him. Devin Bush went over to Seattle. They so we're kind him. of getting some type of a inside linebacker makeover. Take Crowder, he's also gone. And they bring in a Landon Roberts to be able to fill that role. <clears throat> and so it's it's going to be looking a little bit different from the linebacker standpoint. Keanu Neal as well, safety linebacker comes over. Henry, to swing it over to you. Free agent losses, free agent ads, the moves that they did personnel-wise. What stands out to you? Uh, I like the Allen Robinson move. You do? I do. I do. I, I, I think he's still got something in there, man. That nigga uh, trash, bro. I, I wish he would. I mean, that's that's my that's my last name cousin, you know what I mean? But Yeah, <laughs> I, th- yeah I think he got something in him still. I, I really do. Hopefully, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm just going to be real. I hope he doesn't pull out over there with Pittsburgh because – of course, you know, division rival, but I, I, I do. I, I think Allen Robinson has a little something left in there, man. I, I don't know if it's maybe the Rams, because, you know, maybe got overwhelmed uh, being over there with, with all the, the great weapons at that time that they had. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say Allen Robinson, man. I, I think he's still got something left. I do. I agree. <laughs> Allen Robinson nah. stands out the most to both of y'all? Hell no. You know who stand out to me is Isaac. Isaac. Hell yeah, Isaac. Speak hey, on it. Bro, bro. Isaac Samalo, however you pronounce I'm probably butchering his name. Isaac Samalo. Yeah, you good. Samalo, man, out of Philadelphia. That is the most standout pick, bro. They could have yeah. used uh, another guard. They got a, He's a right guard. He's played right guard the whole time. He only let – and you you know. Matter of fact, I'm surprised, Corday, because he's coming from your team. You know what I'm saying? He's coming from your team. You know how that works. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm surprised, man, because that whole old line was great, and and he was one of the reasons why they were great. He one of the reasons, you know. Everybody yeah. on that old line, that was the best old line last year, and uh, the Steelers went and nabbed one of the best, the best guard, you know, in free yeah. agency. Um, and that was a smart move by them, you know, really good move. So that's what stands out to me. Uh, only one, he only let one sack allowed, three hits allowed. Uh, you know, he's durable, very, very durable. Um, that I, I love it. I, I love to pick his past block and rape. We're going off PFF, which you know we don't live and die by it, but we do like to bring up the stats. Here yeah, here. It, it 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 matters. And you know it matters. So I mean, if you're going off of that, you know his pass percentage on that is at a seventy nine percent, which is really really good. And his run blocking is is not too not too bad either. That is sixty nine percent. Um, which is two things that you know uh they're they're really they really want to run the ball but i think they they want to see what they got in kenny you know they want to see what they got in kenny and he's a he's a great passing guard so um i think that that's to me is what is what stand out so uh, if i was to bring up any other ads that i think were kind of cool uh i think how would i look at it? marcus golden they yeah. brought your boy yeah they got your boy over there i was surprised you didn't mention him the linebacker Who? Nick, Nick Kowalski. Kanowski. Oh, Kowalski? <laughs> <laughs> look, when he, look, he was not healthy at all last year for Atlanta. He didn't even play. He got he cut, wasn't even, bro. 
he he wasn't healthy. He couldn't even like they by the time they made their linebacking core, he wasn't healthy. And then they they had no like inkling to bring him back once you know they looked they looked at the linebacking core, they're like, all right, we good. Right. You're not healthy, all right. Well, let's just we don't we don't need to to grab you. I, that's that's it's, I, I saw that they brought him. They brought also <laughs> That's that. Thank you for that mention. That's hilarious. That, that's 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 funny. But they also they also brought in Tanner Muse, yeah, another former Raider you. as well. And I mean, if if you want to talk about if it don't work here, that's it. for either of these dudes, like where where does it? You know what I mean? Like you know, and I, I just you know, it's cool to see yeah, them just kind of get another chance there. But I, Marcus Golden came over from Arizona, played seventy percent of the snaps for them. You know, it's a fire sale over there in Phoenix. Yep. You know, so and he just that type of ad right there. Yeah. If you add Marcus Golden to a unit that's got TJ Watt, that's got Cam Hayward, that drafted Keanu Benton, next up's the draft class, of course, that also has, you know, Larry Ogunjobi can do some things against the pressure, uh, against the, you know, the pass, pass rush. And they also have Alex Highsmith, who has rounded into a good secondary pass rusher as well. I mean, and then you add Marcus Golden in ways that, this defense can use them. I think this this will be a this will be kind of like a like a like a barometer, a way to test what Terrell Austin's capabilities are mm-hmm. into what he does or does not do if Marcus Golden is healthy. So kind of kind of a nice little piece right there to swing it to the draft class. Henry, what was your opinions on that? Love love the Broderick Jones pick. He he could probably be the best offensive tackle in this class. I believe he has that ability in him. Uh, of course, we're going to talk about the Joy Port pick. It's funny. Everybody knew that was going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers pick at the top of the second round. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> everybody, everybody knew. Like, yeah. It wasn't no type of secret at all. They are Everybody was like, book them. Only way he wasn't going to get picked by Pittsburgh is that they got a crazy trade offer. But, of course, that didn't happen. Uh, <clears throat> another one of their pick, mad that they got him. Washington, tied him from Georgia. I think he can be a, 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 a real stud, a real good two-punch player over there with uh, Pat uh, uh, Farmer. So, yeah, I, if you're going to tell me to give you a, a letter grade for for the Pittsburgh, I'm going to give it an A. I hate to admit it, but they, they knocked it out of the park, man. They really did. Cordady, would you agree with an A on the draft class? Yeah, no, nah, definitely. I, I was those were the top those were the top three picks that I was looking at. Definitely uh, with the. Uh, Bodrick Drones and Darnell Washington. I definitely think they're going to try to. They're and then uh, you mentioned that Sam Molo uh, signing as well. They're really going to try to. They're really upgrading this O line, and I feel like they're really going to give Najee an actual chance to run it down people's throats. Because um, I remember Tom and I always talked about I want a bell cow kind of back and improve it with all these definitely these depth at the along the offensive line. Definitely is going to help them a lot. Um, also, back to the um, that Allen Robinson pick. I said it was a nice pickup. That's what I was gonna say. Not the best out of all of them. But I was saying it was a nice pickup. My my pick was uh, Marcus Golden, like sneaky underrated pickup. Yeah. But I wasn't saying the most standout one. I was okay, thinking, okay, okay. I was thinking <laughs> it was a nice pickup by them. Nah, <laughs> damn Jay, what? <laughs> you give him a bronze medal, not a gold. Yeah, because it was like a seven round pick that they got from. I'm like, okay, and then it just because I got faith in how the Steelers use wide receivers. You know, uh, last year with the Rams, that was just like a that was a terrible thing what happened there. So I think they'll be able to utilize them in some type of way. That's what I was looking at, like that. 
make us a like, oh, you got him a seven-round pick. Okay, he might be able to do some over in Pittsburgh. But I think with these additions through the draft, they're definitely going to um, run the ball a lot and use a lot of play action, I feel, with Kenny Pickett and uh, Pickens and Allen Robinson. Yeah. I'm, I'm buying Allen Robinson jersey. Send it to you, Jay. All right? Hell no. Nah, don't send that shit to me. <laughs> yeah. it, it might take a while to get there. He ain't as fast as he used to be. Jump maybe. Uh, I'll swing swing this one uh, over to you, uh, Henry. You've been kicking off these as the uh, resident uh, AFC North representative. The Steelers, uh, right now, Vegas has them at eight and a half wins on the season. Where are you at and why? I got them at 10 wins. I got them at 10 wins. Yeah, I got them at 10 because we already know what what Mike Tomlin is going to do over there. Uh, TJ Watt, if he stays healthy, we already know. It's crazy the difference that team plays. When he's on the field, oh, absolutely, 100%. Complete, it's like a completely different team. It's a different really? defense, bro. Yeah, absolutely. So, Will he be on the field, though. I'm oh, sorry, I don't want to cut you off really quick, Henry. I want to keep, I want to have you keep going, but I got to make a point of this. I remember when I first got, we, <laughs> I already know what you're going to say. You know, Jay. I already know because I thought about this too. I, yeah, I remember you were talking about how. He will ascend to one of not like just this this really good player for this time, but like how we will be talking about him in the ilk of other Hall of Famers. And if he's healthy this year, man, and he has the year that I'm thinking he's going to, and I feel like all of us do, the, I'm I'm not going to send you an Allen Robinson jersey. I'm going to send you flowers. Okay. <laughs> Let me know, and I'll send a jersey with you. I need his address, so they yeah. together in a care package, you know. <laughs> All right, but Henry, keep, keep, keep you're right, hundred percent. That just reminded me of that, Henry. That's a, I agree with you a billion percent. Keep going. Yeah, so if he stays healthy, that that defense is a completely different team. So, but just like uh, Jay alluded to, his health is a big factor in that because we've seen him have those nicks and miss. Four or five games, and in the NFL season, you miss a four or five game. That could be four or five losses right there for yeah. your team. Yep. yep. So, and that could be the difference right there from y'all being a potential playoff team to y'all not being a playoff team. So, honestly, this team depends on him. So, if he's healthy, which of course you know knock on wood, then they have a great chance of even still making a play, being a wild card team. I would say, but yeah, I would give them ten wins, ten, ten to seven. Uh, Going into the year, but yeah, it all depends. I'm gonna say first. I'm gonna say it depends on uh, his health, TJ Watt's health. Then I'm gonna see. Then I'm gonna say it depends on the progression of what Kenny Pickett has going into year two. Because we've seen a lot of quarterbacks make that big leap going into year two. Lamar, you know, make, make one MVP in his year two. We saw some shots with Justin Fields this year. Uh, so this is gonna be a big year for Kenny Pickett. Uh, to stay with you again, Henry, Kenny Pickett or Deshaun Watson, who has the better year? Mm. Oh, I'm gonna say Watson. I'm going to say okay. Washington. Okay. That's a great question. Well, same question then to you, Jay. Who has the better? Don't, don't, don't do your whole part of it. We'll get to you for that one. Just quickly, who's got the better year? Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Watson, man. I'm going to say Watson. Watson. It's kind of tough. Kind of tough. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say Watson. Cordae. Oh, I say tough. Well, anyway. Oh, no. Keep going. Keep going. Jay. No, 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 no. I just, I'm going to say Watson. I just, I just feel like he's been off for a long time. He, and, and, you know, he's he should be back into form. So. Okay, Corday, who do you think has a better year? Watson, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. 
Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, uh, not your doubts or your your concerns, Corday. Then what is your opinion on the Steelers in 2023? Where are they finishing? I'm going against Mike Tomlin again this year. Maybe he get eight wins. I think this, I don't know, Matt, Matt Canada and then Kenny Pickett. Uh, maybe the running game will be, like, really effective, but I don't know. I'm, I'm going to pick him for eight wins. Probably going to be wrong because you don't bet against Mike Tomlin, but I'm going to do it this time. <laughs> and I just want to see. So I'm really just wondering how much more Kenny Pick is going to evolve, especially with this offensive coordinator, as you guys talked about before. And I know they're going to try to run the ball more and they solidify the O-line, but I'm still looking at him like, what else do you guys offer, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I got him at eight wins. Eight wins. Jay? I got him at, uh, I got him at nine. I got them at nine and eight, same record they had last year. Uh, I, I feel like kind of, you know, kind of what we kind of already talked about with the last team we spoke on and and just how tough this AFC North is. I feel like they could be better, but the AFC North is going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough. But Mike Tomlin is a tough, great Hall of Fame coach. And I just oh, feel like sure. – 100%. You know, and and I, I really feel like they had some good ads. Henry, you brought up the draft. Uh, we all, you know, kind of touched on the draft a little bit. I, I really like the draft as well. Um, I feel like they addressed some key needs. I am a little concerned with the defense, though. I, I do feel like they should have they should have tried to keep some of these players, you know, that they lost from Cameron Sutton to Terrell Edmonds and even Devin Bush. I feel like they should have because yeah, healthy, the, the the Bush and the Sutton one really surprised me. Yeah, I didn't. I don't. I don't get it. You know, and they, and and who they have that now. To me, I, you know. Anyway, but yeah, I, I got them at uh, I got them at nine. I got them at nine. Corday, I wish you was an I wish you was a betting man because I would take your yeah. money too, bro. I, I wish. Oh, you, I know. I know. I would. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'll do a basic picks, but that's about it. <laughs> like like you had said, Jay, you you kind of alluded to it. Uh, you you can expand on it now if you would like. Like you were talking about, you wish they would have hung on to Cam Sutton. You think the pieces they got now at corner aren't as good as what they had before? No, I, I don't. I don't. I feel like Cameron Sutton, they could use a Cameron Sutton. Yeah. They can use a Cameron Sutton. I feel know? like that um, as well. And so that, that's what kind of, to me, and, and when you look at you look at how they play on their defense, you know, they, that's why the team was solid. That's why the team was, was really good was because of, not really good, but good enough to get, to get nine wins is because of their, 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 their pass rush and their coverage. You know, they were able, they're tackling all of that. You know, that's what players like Cameron Sutton brought. Devin Bush, I understand his health. I get that. But when healthy, and he played most of the games last year, you know, they yeah. just didn't really give him a chance, it seemed like. You know, I know his first year did real well, then he got hurt. And just seemed like after he got hurt, they kind of just was like, you know, they just – he played, but then he didn't start as much. He didn't play as much. I don't know. It's yeah. just kind of weird, Same. you know. So uh, and then the money he got, I forgot. Did he go to Seattle? I forgot yeah, he was Seattle. Seattle for like three million or something. That's something yeah, not, not much at all. <laughs> you know, that's something Steelers could have did. So I don't know. I just feel like they they kind of they got they're, they're hurt a little bit on deep. They 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 got hurt a little bit by losing some of the players that they lost. So do you I, think the defense is, took a step back or will take a step forward? I don't think it takes a step forward. I definitely don't think it takes a step forward. I think it's either going to be the same or it's going to take a step back. So I'm okay. right in you know the middle of that. Because we were to look at their defense, last year they were tied for 10th in points allowed per game. Yards allowed per game, they were 20th. First downs allowed per game, they were tied for the fifth fewest, 18.5 per game. Pass yards allowed, they were right in the middle of the pack at 14th. 
interceptions per game. They were tied for the Niners with the most in the NFL. Rush yards allowed per game. They were ninth. However, this team was not rushing the passer and getting home like we normally think that they do. That was the biggest difference, right? They were tied. They were middle of the pack in sacks, and they had the third lowest pressure rate on the year. But remember, four percent, right? With, uh, with Watt for nine games, right, right, yeah, right, for sure, one hundred percent. And as Henry said, that that's a big game changer. Um, yeah. a billion, billion, billion percent on that. So it's like, I mean, you know, that that changes a lot of how it, how it's going to work, right. but. Yeah, I meant the run defense. If I mentioned what I meant to say, run defense and coverage. That's what I meant to say. Mm-hmm. Pass rush, not the pass rush. However, like we talked about, TJ Watt, if he plays, if he's healthy, then yeah, pass rush adds on to that too. But anyway, mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. I didn't get the Patrick Peterson signing. I was just like, you yeah, that's a, a wash player, bro. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That was the, he. Like, so you wash. I wonder if he just fits their scheme better than not not better than Cam Sutton by it by any means. But maybe a little bit, like, or maybe just as good as Levi Wallace does. Like, like I mean, it, he's getting old. He wasn't, yeah. he wasn't, you know, I mean, I don't know who fits at Donatel's scheme last year. Yeah. You, know <laughs> I mean? nope. you know, but I mean, this is a team, if we're, if we're talking about what, what Terrell Austin did yeah. last year, this team was sixth in cover two. This team was ninth in cover three. This team was also ninth in cover one. That's pretty much where they live. I could see Pat, Pat Peterson could still like you know at least off the line when you're playing cover two and you're playing cover one, which was over fifty percent of the snaps for them. He could still bully somebody off the line, and if you got the help over the top of him, granted, you know in a cover two, ideally is where it would be. Then because there's no matter where what side he is, the safety's on his side in split field coverage. I could still see him excelling in a cover two scheme, and maybe Austin does make that move to maybe dial up that number a little bit. So that's kind of something that I want to look at. Either way, 65% of Terrell Austin's snaps last year as a defensive coordinator came out of single high looks. Cover one and cover three were both of those two being 65% of what he called. They're, the one thing that I want to see different from him that I do see from the higher-end defensive coordinators is some post-snap rotation, some pre-snap disguise. And there's a certain defensive coordinator we're going to talk about who does that in this division. <laughs> right. But mostly this was a line it up and execute type of defense. And Pittsburgh has the guys up front to do that type of thing. They don't have the guys as far as a collective unit goes on the back end to do that. Minka is going to be Minka. Right. But everybody else, you I would prefer to see the defensive coordinator be able to do a little bit more for them to be able to succeed. The healthy Watt aspect of it is going to be nice. And I think that the draft pick of Keanu Benton is going to give them a nice rotation of interior pass rushers, interior defensive linemen in between TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith and Marcus Golden between like those three guys. I think you can really do some nice things between Larry Ogunjobi, Keanu Benton, uh, Cameron Hayward, DeMarvin Leal, Montrevious Adams, and Armand Watts. And then you add those other three edge guys, however you want to mix them up. Yeah. Sign, sign me up for that. I'm, I'm, I want to see. I kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued to see what they do. My win total, I've learned my lesson. I've sat here on the last two <laughs> years, division previews, picking against Mike Tomlin like a dumbass, 
One of them <laughs> hit my pocket. The other one hit my opinion. I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to be the opposite of what Bill Belichick is when it comes to paying people. I'm going to be late on it now. I tried to be early. That didn't work. So I'm going to be late. I'll be wrong. Let me get nine wins for the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. Let me get nine wins for them. Yeah, that's where I'm at. We are now at the halfway point of this division preview as we move into the Baltimore Ravens. This team last year went 10-7. and seven. Lamar got injured in week 13, and it was a season-ending injury. Rashad Bateman got injured in week 8. That was a season-ending injury. Both of their running backs, Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, they both missed half of a season, right? And they still made the playoffs, but they lost to Cincinnati in the wild card. And they had double-digit leads in the first 10 games of the season and blew a blue. Let's just say they blew too many of them. To swing it to you, Corday, the 2022 Ravens, what are your thoughts? Um, lots of injuries. Um, Lamar keeping this team competitive again, but uh, I always felt like he needed help at wide receiver. And then everyone's like, what about Bateman? What about Bateman? And then he goes down hurt, and then Lamar hurts his PCL and is out for the rest of the season. Um, and then <laughs> Snoop, the backup, I was just like, man, I expected this passing game to still like do well. Well, like Snoop, okay, Tyler Honey, Huntley. I was like, man, okay, he's gonna do well. Then he just regressed a lot last year, which I didn't think what was gonna happen. Um, just injuries at key positions on offense. Uh, J.K. Dobbins had to get a second surgery during the middle of the season. Came back strong. Uh, the defense started off slow, but then towards the end, I think like week nine, week ten, came on very strong. So that was like a great thing to hold your hat on. But then the offense was still more to be desired uh got rid of greg roman but yeah it's unfinished but they um like that that game against the Bengals, man um play them super tough so you wondering like damn if lamar was healthy if, mm-hmm. if bateman was healthy like yo if they utilized dobbins more and they just had more of their weapons on offense how they could have they could have beat the Bengals. they could have beat the Bengals. like that's literally how you, you get you thinking like damn they had all these injuries and they it was still that close. Damn. So, mm-hmm. uh, leaving more to be desired, I would say. Would you agree with that, Henry, as a Ravens fan yourself? Absolutely. We, we should have beat the Bengals. With all the injuries, with Tyler Huntley not even playing well, mm-hmm. we, we, we should have beat him. You know, if, if he doesn't do that fumble, that, you know, that was a, a swing of the game right there. Yeah. And we still. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that was a swing of the game because that. Us going up seven made us go down seven within the blink of an eye, right there. Bro, you guys were right. Like that's just how football can be. Yeah, yeah, that fast in literally a blink of an eye. What what do they say? And it's and it's so so true. Football really is a game of inches. Mm-hmm. It really is. So if that 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 fumble right there changed the whole outcome. Uh, once again, I thought that was Greg Roman. I thought he should have just gave it to J.K. Man, I don't right. think it was QB sneak. So. But that's a whole other discussion. But, yeah, I, I agree with the 100%. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. If we were to look at how this team finished last year, they were 19th in points per game, 16th in yards. More so than really on the offensive side of the ball because of the injuries, I want to more so give an examination to the defense. Third fewest points allowed per game. Ninth fewest yards allowed per game. Pass yards allowed per game. They did allow the seventh most. 232 yards through the air. Eight fewest. Past TDs allowed per game. 
you can bend but don't break in the NFL. And when you can be in the top 10 in terms of how much you limit the passing game hurting you on the scoreboard, that's a really good sign for you. That's a really good sign. Third fewest yards allowed on the game, or allowed, yards allowed per game, 92.1. Since the Roquan trade, this, this was just absolutely incredible. PFF run blocking grade, or PFF run grade against the run, second in the NFL. Overall defensive grade, ninth best according to PFF. Pass rush, 12th best according to PFF. This defense was still this defense. This kind of got back to the roots of what we think about when we think of Baltimore football when the defense is really being the carrying torch for what this team is. Now we look at John Harbaugh going into his 16th year. To swing it to you, Jay, we've done a coach countdown before, and it's been some time since then. Roughly where does he land on your coaching hierarchy? Hmm. Like if we're doing like a... Best coaches in the NFL right now. Well, he's definitely top 10. Um, for sure I, I I think that's like a given but yeah where uh ish somewhere between I'm gonna say somewhere between five and seven between five and seven that's uh, I would agree with you five and seven I mean you know you got Andy I would put Andy Reid ahead of him I would put um I would put Tomlin. I would put yeah, I would put Tomlin ahead of him. No, please, don't, please don't put Belichick. No, I wasn't. I was thinking I, one guy that I kind of want to put, but then I I, I we go. We don't get to the Belichick coaching discussion when we get to that division, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah cause some pop. Well, anyway, that's another. We gonna but, get there. We'll get yeah, there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Kyle Shanahan. I I don't know, man. I I kind of want to put him ahead of him. I think I'm a little biased because I do like. I always thought he was a. A really great coach, and he's doing some good things over there. Kyle Shanahan's all twenty-two twists my coaching view of him. I'm yeah, sure. he's he's something else, man. So yeah, I, I don't know. Not to take too long on a, on that on that part of the discussion, but yeah, I seven. would say yeah, five to, seven, five to seven. Yeah, that's that's a good summation of that. I'm with you on that one. Offensive coordinator Todd Munkin coming over to replace Greg Roman. His first year in the role for this team. Previously, was calling plays for the Buccaneers. He also was with the Browns as an offensive coordinator, but he did not call plays for them. But most recently, people remember him with the Bulldogs for the last two years, just, you know, going over there, OC in it, winning national titles. No big deal. Uh, running back coach Willie Taggart. First year. <laughs> first year coming over. Uh, wide receiver coach Greg Lewis. I didn't even, like, these just kind of surprised. I always do the wiki of the yeah, coaching yeah. staff, and I'm like, oh, shit, he's there? Damn. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just kind of fun to check that out. Uh, defensive coordinator Mike McDonald in his second year. Denard Wilson, first year as the DB coach. This team, what I love about this Ravens staff, and of course Eric Costa, the GM. I feel like we all know that, but we all the people listening may not know that. But I want to I want to bring up one more coach that a lot of people don't know about. Go ahead, and that's Keith. That's Keith Williams. A lot of people don't know he's kind of, he's a, he's kind of like our wide receivers coach. So he before before John Harbaugh hired him, he was like all the top wide receivers personal training coach. He was Tyreek Hill's coach. I believe he also was DeAndre Hopkins' coach. So I like him a lot. So I was actually hoping he would get promoted to the offensive coordinator before we hired Todd Munkin. But that's another guy to keep your eye on. What's his role with your team right now? So right now he just be working with the wide receivers. He teaches them all the. 
the ins and outs of all the routes. He's been working real, real close to Todd Munkin, so he, so they can kind of show you know the route combinations that they want to do together. So, yeah, he works with the wide receivers really, really close. But he was a guy like I know some players got even mad that he even took the job because they liked him so much as like their per, their personal coach. So, Damn. yeah, he's really, really good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Is he on like is he strength and conditioning or just like? Oh no, he's part of the coaching staff. He's part of the coaching staff. Assistant wide receiver coach. Assistant wide receiver coach. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I see. Yep. Yep. Assistant wide receiver coach. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What I like about this Ravens coaching staff and just kind of the way the Ravens run their organization, they have nine people on analytical football research staff. There, no other organization does that. And I mean, when you look at how perennially, perennially, perennially <coughs> successful this club is, that speaks volumes to just kind of how they embrace new trends the right way and how they look to the future and keep trying to improve themselves. I, I mean, you know, obviously everybody knows I'm an anal- analytical mind. At least I think I am. Oh, you so are. I love that shit. Uh, five people on the strength and conditioning staff as well. So yeah, that's something that's that's really something to point out as well. Uh, Mike McDonald, Henry, I'll swing this one to you as well as the Ravens fan. What's your thoughts on him as a coordinator? No, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. He was pissing me the fuck off. <laughs> he was fucking giving up. Oh, I was being so hot, man. But he turned it around. He turned it around big time. Uh, so I, you know, I gotta give credit where the credit is due. He, you know, he, he shut me up. You know, I was just like wondering, you know, how you give up a twenty-one point lead mm-hmm. to the Dolphins? Yeah. How you give up? Yeah. I want to say like a seventeen-point lead to the Bills, who are a top team in the NFL. You know, in the, in the NFL, I believe that was week five. So yeah, in the beginning he was pissing me off, but he definitely turned it around. Definitely Roquan Smith, the addition to him helped out a lot as well. Super but I, I, I'm so glad. So now. Roquan Smith has a full offseason under his belt. I believe he's going to play even better after having a Pro Bowl year. So, yeah, like Mike McDonald, because, uh, you know, uh, players that um, Michigan raved about him. Aiden Hutchinson literally said, I don't be a top two pick without Mike McDonald. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. of course, we know David Ajabo spoke very, very highly of him. Of course, you know, he has the, all the ins and outs because his, his brother's the head coach over there at Michigan. So, I, I like the hire a lot when we first initially got him, and then when the season started, I'm like, dang, like, did we make the wrong decision? You know, we, Mark, I know Wink wouldn't have gave up leads like that, even though he does the dumb shit that he does. <laughs> but, yeah, so he did turn it around, and I think going into this year, I think we're going to be something to reckon with. Okay, okay. Look at the free agency losses and the free agency ads. Corday, uh, again, what, what, what stands out to you, at least on an Allen Robinson level? If I was to, <laughs> on an Allen Robinson level, damn. No, well, which one? Which ones gonna make? Which ones are gonna make the biggest? Leave the biggest void as far as to who they lost, or who's gonna make the biggest impact as to far as far as to who they acquired? Uh, I mean, Calais Campbell, yeah. uh, Ben Ben Powers, uh, all, along online. I think Justin Houston and and uh, Pierre Paul are definitely like the veterans who just came in late. They probably still might get signed like when the season starts, stuff like that. Just veterans gonna get the job done. Who's adding a pass rush because Odell, uh, Odell, Odell Alfa Owe. Owe, 
Yeah, this then and David and Jabo uh coming off the Achilles. I'm like wondering where the pass rush gonna come. Uh key additions though. I mean, you got you gotta talk about you got Odell Beckham, man. Odell Beckham coming in. Uh but he missed a whole season last year, so I'm wondering he's gonna be healthy, but like it's probably gonna be rust no there. Rust, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the rust is gonna be there. Uh uh, so I'm wondering how that's gonna be. Um hopefully no injuries come because I remember the last thing we saw him was in the Super Bowl where he was making plays, looking good, and then that uh, he tore his ACL for the second time. So you wonder how explosive and how effective he's going to be. Uh, sent out the workout tape. A lot of teams liked him, saw how big he was. Um, so that's like a great addition. Also in the draft, too, like drafting another wide receiver. Oh, and then I would even say like a, a key addition from the offseason. I would just say um, the receiver coming back who was who was hurt last year. Um, Bateman. Bateman. Bateman coming back, too. So you got Bateman, Odell. You see where they took in the draft. Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, okay, how is all this going to go? And then J.K. Dobbins uh, not coming off the torn ACL and had the surgery last year because uh, he really came on towards the end of the year. I had him he in fantasy. He sure did. I'm like, I had him in fantasy. But also, I'm just like, damn, dude, you really are balling. You're actually giving a real running, uh, running threat. I mean, like and Al Henry said, they shouldn't have the quarterback scene they should have gave it to jk so this offense could turn into something i still wish like they would have took like another running back just just to like another addition in the running game as well but uh now nah, i'm this this offense could be like real deadly uh under uh todd monkey and then but i'm wondering how how long does it take before like uh lamar just all these new pieces adjust stuff like that and get this new system going so that's that's my overview that's my look for them Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Gus was hurt too, and they like Gus ain't yeah. So it's, um, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, both their one-two punch in the backfield, opposite of the most ridiculous running back uh, or quarterback rushing threat that we have seen. Both those guys were gone for basically eight games last year. So I mean, yep. that's the point. It's shit matters. Jay, what stands out to you, free agency wise, or like losses, gains? You could even include the draft in there too. Um, yeah, I, I want to, I kind of want to just continue where, where Corday was at, man. I mean, with the wide receivers, I think this is a big, big year. I think they're going to have a big year. I think Lamar Jackson is going to have a great season. Um, my only concern is his health. This is, this is all, this is always the issue with the Ravens. It's always the issue when it comes down. It don't matter if it's the running back, the quarterback, the, the defensive player, the whoever it, it's always injuries with them. If Lamar Jackson is healthy, Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham, these wide receivers is healthy, and the O-line continue to play well, man, I think this offense is going to look really, really good. I really do. Because yeah. I think now Lamar Jackson has – I'm not saying that he didn't have the weapons. I would get irritated every now and then where I would hear people he say – he, he did, Jay. You know, he did, Jay. You know, I did because you know what? Rashad Bateman was high on our – I know when we talked about him, when he was coming out, yeah. he was high on our list. Mm-hmm. We liked him a lot, but he couldn't stay healthy. And it just seemed like everybody was writing him off. Oh, well, you know, Rashad Bateman, but he ain't he ain't what? He just hasn't been healthy. That's the only thing. I'm not going to sit there and say he can't play. He just got to stay healthy just like everybody else. So I still like him as a wide receiver. So I, I feel like he's had weapons. But I also feel like, you know, it's been more so with the offensive coordinator than anything else, than, you know, him not having weapons. I think it was more so offensive coordinator than him not having weapons. Because they had Brown there, Marquise Brown. I felt like he was solid. But anyway. 
Nelson Aguilar, who I don't know if you brought up Corday, I like that pick. And I do too. I feel, you know what I'm saying? He's a veteran wide receiver. I know when he came over to our squad, Jordan. This Reyes, dude might be better than Odell. Like, I would not be surprised might, yeah, he might, if he's better than Odell. I, I won't be surprised either. I won't. I, my thing is, I mean, Odell has more talent, but because, like what Corday said, the rust, the rust is can be an issue. So he might get rust, going the injuries, late. Yep. The injuries, you know. But Nelson Aguilar is reliable. He's a veteran wide receiver. Um, you know, and he has good speed too. Like he has really, really good speed. Still, it, so, like it really hasn't like left his game yet. Yeah, yeah. He still can. Uh, yeah, he still can go downfield, man. And um, and he wants the ball. He he plays like a number one. That's the funny thing. He plays like a number one. So I really like that addition, uh, which I feel like it's a slept addition. Uh, Devin Duvernay, who they still got over there, he's inconsistent. But maybe, yeah. maybe now with with not with, with less pressure on him now. Yeah, I, I like keep him on that roster and just let him fly let him, a few times. Give yeah, him a sweep. Yeah, yep. yeah. I, and so I like that. And then I'm not going to talk too much about this player here because I know Henry really want to talk about him. I got a lot to say myself, but I'm gonna let Henry talk about him. But Zay Flowers, I, I really feel like that addition as well is a huge addition because I feel like there's not one. The only my my only concern with him is his, is his size. But if you watch him play, like we've watched him play, um, size don't matter to him, you know, at all. I mean, he plays bigger than, than what he looks. So I like that addition as well. So, you know, when I look at this team, I think the offense is going to be a lot better. I think um, Lamar Jackson and, and, you know, just getting the contract and all of that out the way. You know, all of that's out the way now. They don't have to be concerned on still trying to sign them and try to do this. They're ready to go. They're ready to go. They got the offensive coordinator over there that that that, that they like. Another thing too that I want to add with this with this coaching staff, they always stay in house. They always stay in house. They're always promoting, and I think that's a it's a smart move. Even if they pick somebody from another, you know, from a college or whatever it was, they used to coach for the Ravens at one point, assistant or some type of role with the Ravens, so they're familiar. So when you guys brought up the um, the defensive coordinator. Uh, uh, McDonald, McDonald, when y'all brought him up, you know, he's been there for a while. So when you said, Jordan, they're getting back to their roots, he know all about that, you know, because he's seen, he's seen it, you know, coaching. I forgot his, 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 let me see here. He has, I mean, he was the intern for the Ravens in 2014. Then he was a defense assistant, you know, from 2015 to 16, then defense back coach. I mean, he's, he's just been there, you know, to get there. So he knows what John Harbaugh wants you know, for that defense. So um, they hire in-house, and I like that, man. So although they, they're they trying to enhance and get better, they do it with within the organization, you know, if that if that makes sense. So Yeah, yeah, like the in-house blood. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's what I, that's, that's what I would take from it is this, the weapons, the weapons they got and the, the coaching coming in, um, the new, new coach or the old coach, the defense coordinator from last year and the new OC from this year. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. We'll go moving to our expectations for this season. Corday, start off with you. Um, Ravens, what are you? What's your uh, What's your synopsis on? Or I use that word way too much when we do these when we do these uh, <laughs> What's your What's your expectation for them in 2023? Um, well, I expect this offense to maybe start off kind of slow, uh, but towards the middle and end of the season, I feel like they'll pick up steam. And I really feel like people will finally start to stop questioning Lamar's throwing skills uh, and say, like, he's not that accurate of a passer, but he'll be able to get it done. And then they'll finally have, like, 
uh, a good number of weapons, Jay, a good number of weapons around him. Uh, and I honestly think this, this team is going to do really good because last year they brought the new DC and last year and that defense really came around. Uh, Roquan Smith, I liked a lot. And the, the addition of that to that defense really just was just, he really, he, he helped everything. He helped Patrick Queen out become more of a beast. Um, Ozzy, I got this team finishing looking real good um, at 11 and five, man. I really love Lamar and all these finally 11 key. and six. 11 and 6, yeah, 11 and, yeah, right. 11 and 6. <laughs> These key off-season additions uh with OBJ, Zay Flowers, um and what's his name? And Bateman coming back from uh from from injury. I really like them a lot. Um I got them going 11 and 6. 11 and 6. Yeah. Vegas has this team at 10 and a half and as I look at both sides of the ball with this squad and my expectations for them this team last year, Mike McDonald, this is his second year as a defensive coordinator after they got rid of Wink. But you're right, Jay. He has been there for a long time. They're now going to have a full season with Roquan Smith having the green dot, being the guy that calls the plays. They were sixth most last year in terms of the amount of cover zero that they called. Shout out to the show name. Uh, but uh, mostly what I noticed from Mike McDonald that I liked was how timely his blitzes were. And I feel like that was something that being in the building and being around there, he was able to examine the, you know, the, the flaws or the gray areas that, that wink had and be able to still use that pressure effectively, but then drop away from it as your overall identity, right? This team was 13th in the amount of cover three that they ran last year. They were 14th in the amount of cover four, but in terms of quarter, quarter, half coverage, also cover six, they were seventh in that in that amount and didn't really run a lot of man coverages as they ranked in at 29th in cover one and 24th in terms of cover two man under. So two high safeties and then, you know, single single high safety, middle field close. Basically just didn't run as much man nearly as what they did with Wink. But when they were running zone, a lot of like zone match principles were involved there. Something, Henry, that I want you to expand on when it's your turn. Uh, I'm necessarily not asking it now per se, but more so as a, uh, you know, a rhetorical question is who's going to play the nickel or not who's going to play the nickel, but who's the other safety in there when they do go nickel? Because Kyle Hamilton's going to be that guy in the nickel. I believe Rocky is going to be outside. I believe Marlon Humphrey is going to be the other corner out there. And I think Geno Stone out of Iowa, who they got. What'd you say? Gino solid. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna pull my I'm gonna pull my bet on G just because when Gino was coming out, man, I had a really good grade on him, and you guys got that man in the seventh round. And I was like, damn, of course Eric DaCosta would. And he did. And here we are, you know. Um offensively though, the Monk and Makeover. The wide receiver core, I think boost will be a big key. And Baltimore last year was tops in the league in the number of tight end sets that they ran. 62%. You guys ran so much multiple tight end sets last season, 20% more than the team that ran it the second most, which was Seattle last year. You guys also ran a lot of empty sets. You ran a lot of bunch. Now that part I think really continues because Monken, he that's something that he did. And what I really think the biggest takeaway from what I expect from Todd Monken, he's going to marry, he's going to marry that run and that pass. Yeah. And that's yeah. what you guys need for the most. But how he marries that run and that pass as far as like a scheme thing, 
Greg Roman with you guys ran a lot of power. He ran a lot of counter. You guys were tops in the league in both of those. Todd Monken, though, he will use counter. He does not use power. He loves himself some inside zone. So I want to see how your offensive line and how J.K. Dobbins and Lamar, of course, he's going to add tags to, you know, for Lamar to keep it. We all saw, you know, Georgia do that as well. But that's kind of what I'm looking at is is how the backs fit into those type of schemes and if the line can be as effective as they were. Because you guys saw me share it in the chat. Like, I mean, amazing. Amazing run blocking from from this interior line. J.K. Dobbins, just the last thing before I drop my, my take on it here. Uh, over the final month of the season, Corday, you talked about it. He averaged seven yards per carry. 13 explosive runs. Both of those numbers led the league. And Todd Monken loves himself some variances, some counters off of things that he does and things that he sets up, which I just can't wait to see. And he loves empty formations. He loves bunches. And just with the number of different people that you have on this on this roster, I can't wait to see it unfold. I got this Ravens team at 11 and 6. I got this Ravens team at 11 and 6. Swing it to you, Jay. Same question. Where are you at? I got him at 12 wins, man. I might be Ooh. the highest. I got him at 12. I got him at you 12. Got the <laughs> well, I if I'm not the highest, we got to see. But, yeah, man, uh, I got him at 12, man. I got him at 12. I really do. You know, I, I just really feel like this team is taking the bit. When you talk about out of all the teams in this division, you know, although they all improved, they're all pretty good, you know, obviously some better than the other. I feel like the Ravens improved the most if, again, the key part, if they can stay healthy. And that that's that's the biggest thing, if they can stay healthy. I really feel like, especially Lamar, especially Lamar and, and, and those, well, anything. I mean, football is a complete game, so I can go on with Lamar, the wide receivers, offensive line. But if this team is healthy, yeah, I, I feel like this team is going to win 12. Okay. Oh, and, I, and I was wrong. Let me let me go back and correct myself, too, with uh, Todd Munkin. I was saying that, you know, a lot of the guys that they, you know, they hire, they promote and whatnot. He was one of the guys that never coached for the Ravens, yeah. never did anything yeah. with the Ravens. You know, he's got yeah. a lot of coaching experience, a lot of college experience, but he's never been with the Ravens. So a know. lot of passing game experience. Passing game and wide receiver experience. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, so I, and that's, an, and you, I mean, you already, you broke it down. You broke it down to a T. So, I mean, that, I feel like they could do more now with him. I don't think Lamar, Lamar has never had an OC like him. Not even at all. Never, not at not all. even close. Not even close. The running game hasn't had an OC like him. So I just feel I, like this offense ooh. is about to. I, I, I want to give Greg Roman his props. For well, okay, I, I give you that. Yeah, the run game, you're right just with that. that. Part, just that part. But I feel, like, I feel like the run game can still be as strong because now the passing game is going to yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know like the saying? results will be the same. The run game don't have to be it's as not, intricate, right? Because right. of, the, because of the, the looks you might see due to the threat of the passing game. Passing game, yeah, absolutely, bro. So yeah, I got him at twelve. Twelve wins. All right, Henry. <laughs> he said, "All right, Henry, got to be thirteen. What, 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 what? You got your balls in a wheelbarrow bringing them in here? What, you, what, what are we doing this year? Like, <laughs> I got us winning thirteen games, man. Woo!" You guys win 13 games, bro. I do. Yeah, hey, that's 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 one less than what Corday did last year for his Eagles. He said, I know I thought about that. <laughs> keep going, Henry. Keep going. You, you guys brought up, you know, all of our you know offensive new offensive weapons that we got and returning offensive weapons that we come back. I think the biggest thing is that all, all bringing all those weapons is, is not 
teams can't just focus on Mark Andrews. Yep. You, you, yeah. you can't just – okay, they can't just key in on Mark Andrews. You, you, you can't do it. You know, with, with the weapons that we have on the field, if you have Char Bateman, Zay Flowers, Odell on the field with Mark Andrews, you, you, there's just no way J.K. Dobbs right, right there in the backfield, Lamar, the threat that he is, that he can just take off, you know. So you, you can't just – Key in on Mark Andrews. I think that's going to help him out a lot. I also think it's going to help out Isaiah Likely a lot as well. Our uh, secondary tight end who who kind of had some some solid games with Mark Andrews. I think Mark Andrews missed about two or three games this year. He filled in pretty pretty solid for him. Of course, he's not going to fill in the shoes that Mark Andrews could do, but for for what he was, I think he did real real solid. Uh, speaking back on Mike McDaniel's full off season for him going into this year. That's going to help out uh, Roquan Smith. Is another player that's going to have a full offseason. I think he's going to have an even better year. We saw how much better Patrick Queen played uh, once Roquan was on the side of him. He didn't have to. A lot of that pressure was really taken off his shoulder once we traded for Roquan. Um, Corday brought up, you know, a great point. I, I, I think uh, a <clears throat> uh, uh, position that we need to address is that Patrick's. I think it'll be good. We had a added to bring back a Justin Houston or, or brought in a Yannick. I think Yannick will play a lot more uh, better under Mike McDaniel than he did under Wink because Wink tried to have him do go into coverage. That, that's not who he is. He's just a pass rusher. Just let him go after the quarterback. Yeah. So I, I think that would be another great addition if we would try to go that route. So <clears throat> I agree with Cordelia. I think that's a position that we do need to bring to the We got a lot of young guys. Ty's Bowers isn't a young guy, but, you know, he give you about six, seven sacks a year, but you know I, I feel like we we should try to go after one of those veteran pass rushers, or even bring back uh, uh, Marcus Peters to try to help uh, solidify the secondary even some more. He's coming to the Raiders, bro. But yeah, keep going. <laughs> we'll see. But uh, <laughs> I'm expecting a big, I'm expecting big things from David Ajabo. I'm hearing he's been in talk of the camp, of mini camp and OTAs. I'm hearing he's just a stud out there. So I'm hoping that uh, he can pull it all together because. If you didn't, if you didn't tell that 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 uh, Achilles over there at, at his pro day, everybody knew he was the top ten, top fifteen pick. Yeah. So to get him in the second round, I thought you know, of course, you know, with him not going to be able to play for the play in the beginning of the uh, of last season, and he only played about three or four games this in the last season, but he did show some promise at two sacks. So something something good to go on. So expecting big things for him, David. Uh, I'm sorry, not David Java. Nafa Elway. Hopefully, he can come up. That's another one of our young pass rushers. That I feel like needs to step up in order if we want to try to take that leap and uh, try to win the whole thing. Justin Matabuike is one of my all three yeah, two gems. He, yeah, he he saw it too. Travis Jones is too. You like you like Travis Jones like that? Which one between the two of them? I'd rather have Justin, but Travis is solid, man. Okay, I liked him a lot coming out, man. Travis Travis is real real solid. I like it, yeah, I wanted us he's to gonna, draft him, bro. He's gonna get a lot of playing time too with Calais gone now. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd mentioned it earlier um, as to who you think because you know we're gonna have we're gonna have Kyle Hamilton in the slot. You said you don't want Gino to be the other safety. You got you got no no no. no. I said it's gonna be between Gino or our Darius Washington because our Darius has been playing really really well. Pretty uh, solid at camp too. So that that's what I said. As we sit, okay, my my bad. As we sit here, then who would your vote be for between the two? It'll be Gino. Okay. Gino showed some flashes when Marcus Williams got hurt last year. Right. Right. He shows real, real good flashes. Okay. So I would say Gino. All right. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, this Ravens team, man, like, everybody listening right now, I- I'm not picking it. 
but don't you know lose your shit if they're in the title game and favored when we get there. But let's 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 just remember that right now. Speaking of another team that is likely to be in said title game, we're going to preview the Bengals next. The team last year that didn't even get to play a full slate because of the no contest game due to due to the DeMar Hamlin situation. Therefore, nonetheless, this team still went 12 and 4, won the North for the second straight year, despite starting 0 and 2. They beat the Ravens in the wild card, as you talked about, Henry, with that crazy game flipping fumble return touchdown, 24 to 17. They then smacked the Bills by 17 points in the divisional round. Lost the AFC title game by three points. Burrow struggled versus cover cover two in the first part of the year. And then he just didn't struggle with cover two later on throughout the rest of the season. They were six and one at home. They were six and three on the road and five and oh to close out the regular season. To swing it to you, Corday, the Bengals in 2022. How good was this team? Well, this team was really good. Um Running game was good. It was funny, even though they lost uh, that that boy Chase for a few games, because that with that hip injury, and I was like, man, I wonder if he's gonna be able to come back with it. And he did. Still was balling out. Uh, T Higgins stepped up. Uh, <laughs> the other number one they have on this team, um, basically, yeah, two number ones. Yeah, and a lot of confidence came from this. So much so that they was talking a lot of trash to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Joe Burrow, a lot of swagger. Uh, also. That, that uh, what a great way for this team to rebound after having a super close game to a division rival and almost losing the game against the Baltimore Ravens, and then basically put a whooping on the Buffalo Bills and uh, beat them by 14 points. I didn't see that coming. I didn't see uh, the Bengals going to Buffalo and beating them on their home turf. I'm just like, wow. And, and it wasn't close. Like Allowing score, only 10 points. Allowing only 10 points. I'm just like, yo, what is – we think we're going to see a rematch with the Bills in Kansas City. I mean, yeah, Kansas City. And then we're like, okay, well, Josh Allen can do it. And I'm like, no, 10 points only? I was super shocked. And I was uh, – goes out to the defense corner, man, Lou, Lou Romo. Oh, we're going to talk about him. We're going to talk yeah, about I give, him. I give him a lot of credit more than I had to give the head coach, man. That's just uh, – We know. Me, you, we, I, yeah. I, at least I know. I remember. <laughs> We we trust me. I, I, you we remember talk Jordan? About Lou. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I remember. Yeah. yeah, I just give him a lot of credit, man. And um, with that, um, and yeah, this 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 team is definitely going to be one of those competitors uh, for a long time in the AFC, and even in a tough division. The only thing, the only person who has their card seems to be the Ravens. So the Ravens don't knock him out. They'll be. Very tough in the AFC and in the playoffs. Um, the chief, the Chiefs, and them have some type of a rivalry going yeah. back and forth. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Bills are that other team that seems to also. I mean, pretty much, you know, everyone has their bullseyes on bullseyes on the Chiefs, and rightfully so. Yeah. But this is the team right here that, when we look at when it matters, has beat the Chiefs. So they've also lost to the Chiefs. So, you know, we we got to kind of see how that unfolds throughout the course of the next couple seasons to look at the staff this year. They don't really have it. They don't have a GM per se. Yeah. They have Duke Tobin. Who's the director of player personnel. That's what they 
label him as, but his role and his involvement within the organization is that of a GM. And he's been there since 1999. Going into what, year 24, 25, something like that? Pretty crazy. Zach Taylor in his fifth year with offensive coordinator Brian Callahan, the son of offensive line coach for the Browns, who I previously mentioned, in his fifth year with the squad. Defensive coordinator in his fourth year with the team, his 11th year in the NFL coaching DBs or being a defensive coordinator, Big Lou, Lou Anarumo. We're going to take a second to talk about this guy because this is one of Cover Zero's favorite people. Sure. As far as like a defensive coach goes within the NFL. Uh, Jay, then to swing it to you, Jay, I know all of us have wax poetic about Lou, and I'm just going to give you the stage to, to do the same thing. What's your favorite part about him as a defensive coordinator? I just like how he has his defenses to adapt to any offense. Like, yes. like whatever offense is really any offense that they're going and just really preparing the players to be able to do. I mean, you've got to have smart players to be able to adapt like that, because when they adapt, they adapt and you see it like they they really smother these offenses. And I'm talking about top offenses. What they did to Josh Allen and the Bills in, in the playoffs was was crazy. You know, um, that was to me one of the most standouts you know, games that I've seen Luke call. I mean, he's called a lot of good games. Like you said, we've been talking about him. But that right there, it just it just showed what kind of level, you know, he he's at as when you call when you when you when you talk about a coordinator. And he should be a head coach. I was surprised he didn't get a job this year. Bro, um, they so Arizona interviewed him and Jonathan Gannon and hired Jonathan and Gannon. And Gannon, yeah. Yeah. Stupid, stupid. I mean, if they want the Bengals to keep winning, I guess. Yeah. You know. Yeah, because that's a huge reason why they're winning. And they're doing it sometimes. Like, you know, I talked about Eli Apple. I don't I don't really care for him. I don't think he's all that. But he's played his best ball with yeah. the Bengals, you know. Yeah, and and I really Lou put him in position in to posi- succeed. <laughs> yeah, Lou that's- put him in that position to win. So yeah. and to, su- to succeed and for that team to win, you know, um, for the defensive unit to be successful, you know. So, uh, you know, that that's that's my thing from moving fronts and coverages. He's just he's he's just really good with that man. He's a master. He's a wizard. You know, he's a mastermind when it comes down to defenses, man. And, you know, it's kind of crazy because we've been talking about him for a little minute, but he kind of just crept up, like you know. He I mean? did. You know, it's not it's not like yeah, we've been talking about him. I say for what now, maybe two years two, and a half. We we've been giving him. I feel like maybe yeah, two years. We and a half. were real that twenty twenty one season, the twenty twenty one like regular season. There was a point where like. We started to realize the Bengals were legit. Yeah, and and I remember I turned on their all twenty two because I'm like, how are they? How are, what are they doing? <laughs> what are they like, doing, what are they doing? Right. And I started to be like, wait, who's their defensive? Co- wait, who is this guy? Right, mm-hmm. Big Lou. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sitting there trying to fumble over how to pronounce his last name. You know, Anramu Ramo. Right. Uh, uh, like the villain in Doctor Strange. I don't know. Like. I mean, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i did the first time i'm like that's how you say it oh i remember because dr strange came back in time numerous times i'm a ramu i'm a ramu i'm a ramu oh okay okay (laughs) anyway we've done this a bunch (laughs) yes exactly yeah and he's done this a bunch now as we sit here in 2023 uh corday same question to you man i mean we can talk about lou all day but i just want to get your your points on what you love so much about him i mean his adjustments man his halftime adjustments um also uh the way that he can scheme up stuff with a lot of players like it was a big transition of uh who uh when um the head coach got hired 
and it, he, got, he got rid of Carlos Dunlap, and he had uh, I forget, forget the other DM's name who left and went to the Jets. But they brought in Trey Hendrickson. They have Sam Hubbard, really two great edge guys who um, they got him to play great. Because I remember I heard he kind of used like a hybrid 3-4. He wants to use like he wanted to use like a 3-4 type scheme, but these guys really don't do that. But he has them dropping in coverage and stuff like that. And his linebacker play with Logan Wilson, and I forget the other guy. Terrain Pratt. Him. Yeah, Terrain Pratt like can cover a lot of space. God, those dudes are so up. good. So good, man. So good. And I remember um, Wilson was like, I think he, at one point he had like five interceptions, but then he missed a bunch of time about a few years ago. And I was like, God damn, these dudes are so dope. And then uh, Shadobi Awuzie, I remember as a as an Eagles fan, I saw him on the Cowboys. And I honestly thought he was a very solid player. Like, I remember yeah. him and Byron Jones. And I was like, yo, if I was somebody, I would sign a woozy, and that's what the Bengals did. And he was a great number one corner. especially Yeah, great, like, mid-level free agent option. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he, he can really shut down people. And I was like, Byron gets all the attention. But I was like, I, I really think I'd rather take a woozy, because we got him on a cheaper deal, which they did. And when he's healthy, he can really lock down teams like number one guys. Like, he's really great and really great in the system as well. And like you had, they they just kept putting like key pieces at places to really solidify the defense and really make them good. And they hit on all their like free agent uh, signings. And then it's like how Jay said, having Eli Apple yeah. play well in a scheme when he was getting toasted everywhere. Because I think he even played for the Raiders for a bit too, Jay. For like nah. two weeks and he got nah. Oh yeah, he yeah. Off- he signed for the offseason yeah. and let him go. Really, he never, <laughs> he never played. He never played. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, so that to have a bust like that play well, and then I, remember, I forget there was a uh, I think I think they signed Tremaine Ways and stuff like that from Minnesota, and he was on the bench, and they had Eli Apple starting over over him. Trey like, Waynes, how, yeah, yeah, and he was and he was a big free agent too. Uh, Trey think, Waynes, I want to say, got hurt that year too. Yeah, he he was hurt, but then he came back, and then and then Eli Apple still starting over because he just he, Apple was doing well. So yeah, it it's crazy to see how well he does, and I and I'll still give. The credit to, <laughs> to I'll get the credit to him at all, and then also the the pick, the point you made, the Arizona interviewed him and John and uh, John again as DCs, and they hired John again like some dummies, but that's why the Arizona, and that's why I went in. So honestly, this defensive coordinator, I really have a lot of love for. And then if if it wasn't such an offensive centric or offensive minded uh, hiring when it comes to head coaches. This man would have been gone a while ago, but he's and he still needs a head coaching job because this man is ridiculously good. You know, I would just I from just a a team standpoint, I would just love it if he just stays there and just dominates as defensive coordinator. And like that's that's, yeah. like, that's just his thing. Maybe you know, and, and whatever Lou's aspirations are. I mean, obviously, I don't know the guy. I don't talk to him. You know what I mean? I don't know those things, but just to see what he because when you become a uh, when you become a head coach. Like we saw with Vic Fangio, yeah. right? There's a lot of other things that you do yeah. apart from just drawing up defenses. Yeah. And it's it's harder. And then maybe some of your attention gets pulled away from it. It will. It's not maybe, but it will right. get pulled away from it when you're a head coach. And when it gets pulled away, what are you able to instill? What is your ultimate impact? And I mean, I don't, you know, he's earned it either way. He has earned it a billion percent. I mean, we, we could sit here. This is Luana Rumo. Yeah, yeah gold medal cover zero podcast yeah. uh but to look at some of the people that have gone on from this squad and that they have acquired the biggest thing i think when we 
to be able to branch off from just talking about Lou. They lost Jesse Bates. Mm-hmm. They lost Von Bell. Yep. The departures of those two safeties, considering how multiple this defense was, is going to be a really telltale sign of what's to come for them this year. They, of course, they also lost Eli Apple. They can replace that with who's on the staff. Another on the offensive <laughs> side of the ball, me. Yeah, they, they can replace that. And they with, might with, be able to replace him with Sidney Jones. Sidney Jones. <laughs> yeah. You know, I yeah. Mean, hey. That's a good point, man. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. The way he's DJ Jordan Turner. Said, they drafted DJ Turner at Michigan. Yeah, I love Michigan. DJ Turner. No, yeah. the way Jordan said they can replace with somebody on the staff. The cornerback I coach can go laughing. ahead and put a helmet on. Good. I just started laughing in my head. I'm like, Right, he's that bad, but yeah, yeah. Um, no, I mean, look, I, look. Eli Apple can cover, but when you throw the ball at Eli Apple, he has no ball skills yeah. at all. And sometimes just the fact that he's next to a a person, they don't quarterbacks don't have enough time to recognize. Oh, that's Eli Apple. Just yeah. throw it. He ain't gonna do anything anyway. He's not there. We're not, we ain't gonna go. No more about Eli Apple. Sidney Jones could fill that in. So could the cornerback coach. Like I said, um, and then. <laughs> <laughs> Orlando Brown coming over from Kansas City to play the tackle spot. Uh, that's going to be something that's really important because last year, Lyle Collins sucked in pass pro. Yeah, whole, he was trash. Yeah, yeah. He was trash. And the uh, Jonah Williams has never really – Jonah Williams in 2021 was maybe like, you know, his serviceable year, but he was, again, bad in pass pro last year. They made those additions in 2021 to, or 2022, I mean. And bringing in, bringing in Alex Kappa, bringing in Matt Karras, Cordell Volson still had a rough Sunday at the office most times in pass pro. Like, good God. Like, the two times he played against Cam Hayward, poor Cordell Volson. Mm-hmm. You know, and but I, I do think the biggest losses that they have, Jesse Bates, Von Bell on the defensive side, and then Samaj P. Ryan on the offensive yeah. side. Definitely, yeah. So, yeah, that's just the ones I'm looking at. Jay, are there any others that jump out to you? And you can even throw the draft in here because I kind of want to touch on that as well. Yeah. Um, Orlando Brown, who you brought up, I think that's a good addition. You know, uh, and I, I, I do want to mention that this O-line still has not looked good, you know, nope. uh, since the time we talked about it, <laughs> which was like about maybe two years ago. When we was talking about Remember you said, bro, after, uh, the, after week two, when Joe Burrow had seven sacks versus the Steelers, and then in week two had six sacks, you yeah. said, I want the old line. Yeah, I want show. the old line, bro. I, you know, I want the old line. I mean, yeah. you know, because it's crazy to me. They spent a lot of money. They spent a lot of money, and they got some good players. They got play- At least they played good in previous years. Yeah. And then they came over here, and they're just, you know, they just, they look worse. They look I think worse. Kappa and Karras played well. I think Collins played, like you said, Collins played so bad. He played, yeah, he didn't play, yeah, but he, but he was okay the year before. I mean, you know, oh, was, no, yeah, when he was in Dallas. That's Wild what I'm saying. Was, he was, was solid. He was solid. But now they come over here, and so that's why the, the, the coaching staff, or not coaching yeah. staff, but Frank Pollock, that offensive, uh, off, off, off the O-line coach over there, he need to pick it up, man. He need to pick yep. it up. I, I just feel like there's no excuse why this old line should be playing the way it's playing, and it gets it gets overlooked because the offense is so damn good. It's still really yep. good. Joe Burrow makes. I mean, it's amazing to me. He's one of my favorite players in the league because it's so amazing to me for him. Burrow's one of your favorites. Yeah, he's one of my favorites because it's amazing. It, it's amazing to me on how he could 
have a, you know, go through a situation with a torn ACL, come back and play like that never happened under an O-line that's worse and still throwing the ball, throwing the ball even better. I mean, we've seen him before he got hurt, but now we're really getting to see him. We're really getting to see him at full strength and full healthiness. And, I mean, he, he's one of the best QBs already in the league with a, with a, with an O-line that's even worse, you know. Um, and, and yeah, the wide receivers, they, they, they're helping out for sure. Zach Taylor, by the way. Corday, you know he's the, he is calling the plays over there, so you got to give him his just due. Because, I, yeah, we do. We really, you know, do. I know Corday, and see, I want to touch on this because Corday never liked him. It's funny because I didn't really care for him. We before I think it was a season they went, either they went to the Super Bowl or what was it? Twenty twenty one preview. <laughs> our twenty twenty. So so not he last summer. The summer before. before that, yeah, I sat here on this microphone and I was like. He's gonna book be- it. I will get a tattoo of I didn't say that, but like I will get a tattoo of like Zach Taylor <laughs> being a Black Monday candidate. Like I was so sure. We, of it. we all did. And this motherfucker made the Super Bowl. It made the Super Bowl. <laughs> and you know what? And 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 that's what I'm saying. Like you look at what he's been able to do with this offense. Yeah, Lou gets he gets a lot of the credit. And and I'm okay with that because I'm a, we're big fans of him. Absolutely. But Zach definitely needs some of the credit too because he's making his offense work. Well, Joe's yeah. making offense work, but so is the play calling, which is what he's doing. Yeah, and and so, I think last year was the example of Lou, or not Lou, but Zach deserving the credit. Deserving, yeah, because when they went the, the year before, it was like, okay, it ain't going to happen again. Okay, and then. Or they, he was just like, you know, Joe Burrow throwing fade routes to Jamar Chase. Yay! Yeah, you know. that's it. Right, right. And he expanded. You know, the offense got better. They actually, they started adapting. They started yep. doing things a little bit differently. Yep. So you got to give Zach uh, Taylor his credit for that. As far as the draft. Miles Murphy, I know we liked him. Jordan, I wish Corday. I think uh, I think he was a fan of him too. I know I liked him. Jordan Battle is who I really like. I like him out of Alabama, and I feel I like, wasn't the highest on Jordan Battle. What did you like about him? Well, I like how he could pursue towards the ball carrier. His you, you like him going downhill, going downhill, bro. I feel like going downhill really explode. Just yeah, I, I did see that with him. Yeah, he's he's really one of those. He's one of those safeties that can come down here, come downhill, and really just you know, get after the ball carry. He's not scared to hit and he's going to make one of those. It's going to be a hard, it's going to be a hard hit, but it's going to be a tackle. It's not going to be one where, you know, like what we see, you know, Jonathan Abram, Jonathan Abram. That's it. I was trying to get his name out. Jonathan <laughs> Abram. Like, it's not going to be where, you know, you yeah, yeah. You know, somebody that's a hard hitter, but you know, that only tries to hit hard and they end up missing the tackle completely. That's not his game. That game, his game is to tackle. And, um, you know, he knows his assignments. That's one thing I've seen in his game. When I was watching his tape, you know, there was things that I would see that he would he would recognize, you know, like if he, you know, if, if, if he thought one thing, he would get back to, you know, he would he would if he thought one thing, he would change up, you know, his position and and wouldn't allow the wide receiver to get past him on those deep routes, you know, or anything like that. So that that's a big thing. For me with him because he's a young player and you just don't really see that with those type of players you don't really normally sure. you know normally when they're coming out of college you know they're you know they got the talent you know whatever obviously because they made it and they're in the draft and, and they get they got drafted or whatever but sometimes it's the key things as far as like knowing your assignments which is what i've seen with him sometimes players don't even have even first round players you know so i've seen that with him so yeah he's somebody that i really like as well as far as the draft so that's my breakdown with it as far as free agents and this right. team and the coaching staff and the draft. I really like this team. So, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. 
Corday, quickly to swing it to you. I know Jay and I talked about we both like Miles Murphy. Where were you at on Miles Murphy? Uh, I liked where they got him. I liked him. Uh, but I remember initially they were projecting like top five, top ten. And I didn't think he was worth that. But definitely where they got him, like in the twenties, I think it's definitely uh, a great addition, especially to the defense line they have with Sam Hubbard and Trey Henderson. And I, I think both are coming up. And on, DJ like, Reader. And DJ Reader, too. Yeah. And I think uh, both are coming up like the final year. I think Trey. This last mm-hmm. year of mm-hmm. his contract, and I think Hubbard as well, or he might have got like a one year extension. So I'm wondering who who they think is going to like probably replace. I'm thinking maybe Herbert because Trey Henderson has been a beast ever since he's came over from yeah. New Orleans. Um, uh, and I like him in his rotation. You know, like first round going to the location doesn't have to be the guy from immediately ro- work his way in. Um, my question mark, well, kind of not as much of a question mark is Orlando Brown. Uh, but I think he's Better, I guess. With he could pass block. Just let, let let me get a tackle who could pass block. Period. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Give me that. That's all I need. Right. <laughs> like, and I think that's he does all it. I want. <laughs> and I think it's he's a because I, I watched a lot of time when, when he was playing with Kansas City, and it seemed like speed guys would get around him or he would have a hand on him, but it wasn't like he doesn't have the best technique, you know. No, so he's, like he's he. What here's what he is. He's a good pass blocker. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. He's yep. not the best run blocker because yeah. he's kind of like like late yet you know he's yeah. he's more of like a technique reactor more yeah. than he is a beastly attacker exactly and honestly give me that for Joe Burrow on one side of his edge on yeah. the offensive line exactly. Kappa and Karras cool yeah maybe Volson can develop this year because last year it wasn't very good but just give me that on one side. And you and me talked a lot about when Jonah was trying to test the market. Like both of us were sitting there like fat cats smoking cigars. Like, <laughs> look at him. You know what I mean? You know, look at his idiot. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Exactly. It, it made no sense. Cause I think Jonah gave up like 10 sacks last year. Yeah. If, and I'm like, you actually honestly asked for a trade. Then he, then he comes to camp. He's like, I wasn't asking for a trade. I just want more transparency. You're garbage. Jonah. He's you should, tested, everybody look. said you, you should have played guard coming to the league. You wanted to play tackle. And then you got Joe Burrow hurt in his rookie season. Okay. He, he tested the market. I uh, will never fault a player for seeking what he is worth. I will never fault a player for that. Okay. But he's back here right now starting. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's where we at. Uh, gentlemen, swing it to our win expectations. Uh, Corday, yeah, keep it going with you. Uh, where are you at with the squad? Ah, man, that's that's the that's the tough one right there. Um. Because I love the Ravens a lot. Uh, I think I'm going to give them 12 wins. Vegas has them at 11 and a half. Yeah, I think I'm going to give them 12 Green wins. Green Dot again more. goes back to Logan Wilson. I think I'm going to give them one more than the Ravens. But I think it's going to be close. Um, yeah, it's Because be the Ravens and the Bengals are, best, are the best teams in his division as well. And um, I'm going to give them 12 wins just because Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. And it's just that's just like a a cast of receivers. But I think a big loss that uh, we, we we quickly talked about that I think is going to add up. There's really a big loss is Samaji P. Ryan on third down. And oh, yeah. I mentioned Samaji. That guy is yeah. nasty. He's nasty. He's fucking Denver now. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Also, because the funny thing about it, too, we I know they uh, another team, uh, Dalvin Cook got released, but Joe Mixon has been in the – Will he get released? Won't he get released? Like Joe Mixon was supposed to get released before Dalvin. Well, we'll. I mean, we're gonna we'll get more clarity on that as yeah. the season, as you know, we get closer to things. But yeah, that's 
It's so a gray it area was, right now. And then I think also like last year on the trade block. So it was weird to me that they let Samaji Piran go. I would think they was going to resign him to like a three-year deal or something like that because if they resigned him, the mixing was definitely gone. And I probably think they probably should have kept him. That was a – They wanted to. My yeah. my my take on that is they know they got to pay Joe soon. Yeah. Right, basically this year within, you know, within this year. And they got to have that money, whatever they guarantee him in escrow. Bar- they also yeah. got to pay Jamar. Yeah. They're probably going to pay T. Yeah. They're probably going to extend one of the people, DJ or Hilton or Hendrickson yeah. or. And a Wouzier, too. He's a third. You know, or, or maybe a Wouzier or yeah. like. There's a lot of other names here that. Well, I- I thought they was going to re-sign Samaji Piran and then try to move on from Mixon. That's what I was saying. Oh, oh. Well, get, I mean. Get Piran on a lower deal and then get rid of Mixon. Because it seemed like it still might happen or they're going to ask Mixon to take a pay cut. Hmm. So that's what I thought the move was. They was like, give him like a three, Piran a three-year deal because we use him a lot on the passing situation. Then he helps when Burrow's just back there, like just waiting for a deep route to develop and then get rid of Mixon or trade him somewhere. That's, yeah. So that's what I thought. It was going to happen. And that's why I'm like, why, why'd y'all let him go? It seemed like y'all was using him a lot more uh, in a lot of situations. So, yeah, that was my point. Okay. Because you have all those people coming up to so be like, oh, we get mixing this huge deal. Oh, we can, we can keep P. Ryan and then like get, get move off Mixon's contract. So, that's what I thought. That's why I thought they would re sign P. Ryan to get rid of Mixon. How far do you, how far do they go? Oh. I think. If so, it all depends if they match up against the Ravens. If so, let's say this, if they match up against the Ravens again in the wild card, I think uh, the Ravens beat them because they have the Ravens have their number, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they don't match, let's say if they play the Bills again, they probably will beat them. Um, so it is for me. It's all about who they draw in the playoffs. You know, matchups make the best fights, or styles make the best fights. You know. Yep. If you like, if your style doesn't go against that one, you know, so that's that's how honestly I think, you know, if they if like I say if they go up against like the Jaguars or something like that, and then they play the Bills, they'll probably go all the way to the AFC Championship game. But if they pull like the Ravens in either of those matchups, they'll probably get bounced out because of how close and how how close the Ravens played them, and they didn't have all their weapons there. Like Bateman was out, Mar was out, like literally. One by that. Yeah, that was a shell of Baltimore. So yeah, it's that's what it depends on for me. Okay. They're never going to the playoffs, but it depends on if they play Baltimore. Jay, uh, your take on this squad? How 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 far do they go? What's their record and why? Okay, so I got them at eleven wins, man. So there you have. Oh, you got them half a win below Vegas. Yeah, man, I, I got them at eleven. I think the Ravens win the division. Um. You know, and, and 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 it's no take. Obviously, we just spoke on Cincinnati. Y'all got to hear what I said about them. I, 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 it's a great team. They're really good, man. They got a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. I just feel like the Ravens, like I brought up, are the most improved. You know, they're the most improved. And they've been, you know, they, they've been crippled over the last couple of years, you know. Um, so if they're healthy, I feel like the Bengals are, are going to really, you know, they're, they're – they're, they're going to be in trouble when it comes down to winning the division. Now, I still think they're going to make the playoffs. Obviously, 11 games is enough to make the playoffs. Maybe not 10, 
now with the AFC conference being so strong. That's the thing, man. Yeah, it's crazy, huh? Ten, we used to guarantee you. Oh, you're ten and we, six. We, oh, yeah. We've yeah. seen it like I feel like in the last decade we maybe seen one or two, maybe two. I know we've seen one for sure. I know but New yeah. England. New England won ten games at one point. And missed the playoffs. Yep. Missed the playoffs. See, I, I want to say one. I'll say one. But anyway, keep going. Yeah, you're right. Ten could Giants, do it this year. Giants mm-hmm. went ten and six. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So. So yeah. Oh, in the Bears, long time ago with Lovey Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. The Bears. Yeah. 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 So um. So yeah. yeah three man. times through what twenty years? Anyway, Jay. Twenty years. <laughs> no, no, no. I get it. No, it's a good discussion. It's, it's definitely yeah, a good discussion. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's where I'm at with it. I got them at eleven, guaranteed that I, you know. They're making the playoffs. As far as how far they go, it just depends who they match up with. You know, I uh, like Corday said, if they match up with the Ravens, I got the Ravens winning. If they match up with, I think, any other team, maybe outside of the, the Chiefs, I think even that will be a good – that's going to be a good battle. Like you said, it's, it's becoming a little rivalry between them. Even that's up in the air. Um, but anybody else, man, I, I think they could beat. I think they could beat anybody else. So um, it really depends on the matchup. It depends on the match. If they could stay away from the Ravens, and I'm saying that now, look, we're saying this, you know, we haven't seen a game yet. You know, week one hadn't started or anything like that, you know, so we got to wait and see. But as on paper right now and what we've seen in the past, I think that's a team they don't really want to run into against any other. So, yeah, give me a, give me 11 wins. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say they don't run into the Ravens, at least the first, first game, and they get out the first, first game. So, know where that where so that. you got the ravens winning the division and regular season dangles one game less right okay and they get at least one win in the playoffs if it ain't the Ravens. okay i'm kind of i'm kind of my win total uh let me let me get the raven let me get the let me get the Bengals at 12 okay. i got the Bengals at 12 uh 12 and 5 Twelve and five, winning their third straight division title. That's where I got this squad. One win over the Ravens. I just the fact that they were able to retain Lou, I think, is a bigger impact than them just than them losing the safeties that they did. With with Jesse Bates getting sixty four million dollars to go to the Falcons, and Von Bell getting a very mid level exemption. Uh, contract to go over to Carolina retaining big Lou is going to be key because in 2022 they drafted Dax Hill in the first round and I really liked him coming out of Michigan Mm -hmm. and then now they sign Nick Scott coming over from the Rams and he's been there for a while was really immersed in that like quarters coverage multiple safety involvement from what they established over there and what McVay wanted to do once he realized Staley's impact on the game. Mm-hmm. So, and they still have like Michael Thomas, the safety, not the receiver, but Michael Thomas, the safety who played a considerable amount of snaps for them in like spot duty when he needed to, or like, like and, and I just, I think Lou with those guys is going to be able to make it happen. Yeah. The thing that I love about Lou on is that, there's not a thing that Lou Lou does. If you want to beat Lou, just do this. That eh, doesn't necessarily work that way. Right, right, right. If if when 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 Gus Bradley was cooking and Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator for the Falcons, he came in there, yeah, I just gotta beat cover three. Cool, I can do that. You know, Lou doesn't necessarily have that because Lou is so multiple. The disguises that this guy throws 
from pre-snap to post-snap, you can never like really get a grasp on what he's doing. It's it's just so multiple. It's so contingent upon what he sees your quarterback being able to do or not do that that's going to be there. And I think with the addition that they made of Orlando Brown on the offensive line, that's going to help Joe just a little bit more. But Jay, like you said, man, one of your favorite players in the league. To me, if we were doing like top 10 quarterbacks right now, and we're going to talk about who's the best, Mahomes is number one. I feel like that's not even a conversation anymore. Oh, yeah. Number two is Joe Burrow. Mm. For me. Okay. For me. Okay. Number two is Joe Burrow. I would put him there because I saw him this last year, the year that he didn't make the Super Bowl. I saw this guy last year adjust to what teams were going to take away from him. And he still found himself a Joseph Asai hit out of bounds penalty away from again beating the Chiefs. And like I just that's that's where I have him. I trust him a lot more. Josh Allen is all that. We'll, we'll I mean, we'll get to Josh Allen. We get to Josh Allen. I'm not going to say any more about him. We're already two hours in. So, but yeah, that's where where I'm at with Joe Burrow. He's he is that guy. Yeah. And say what you want, he has the weapons at his disposal, but he makes the most of them. And he is so advanced at understanding space and being able to maximize that space with his playmakers that he doesn't necessarily need to read coverages out when he doesn't have to and be able to pull the trigger. His anticipation is elite. Mahomes is the only one who I think has a better anticipation barometer than him. And I think that's going to all continue. So... Yeah, let me get the Bengals at 12 wins. Let me get this Bengals team back in the AFC title game. And let me thank everybody else for listening to the Cover Zero podcast AFC North preview. We will be back next week with another one. Gentlemen, this is a lot of fun. Can't wait to do it again.